0: You're listening to Dead Air Podcast, part of splatterpictures.net. What's up, everybody? Wes, Dead Air Knipe here with... Always.
1: Typical Lydia.
0: Today's show, we're going to be doing the fan requested video game adaptation 2006 film Silent Hill.
1: And you can pin a blue ribbon right to our foreheads for getting to a fucking fan request so quickly.
0: That's right. This fan request uh, coming in from us from SoundCloud, of all places, in my inbox. So, really, uh, you know, any anywhere, any way, anywhere, anyhow you guys want us to do these particular films, we will do them or we'll try to get to them as quickly as possible. This person benefited greatly from us not really mapping out our films the way that we normally do. And so when I was standing in front of Lydia and saying, what are we going to do next? I just said, I guess we're just going to do silent Hill because it was the request that we got.
1: Yep. Yeah. Much like the tone of silent Hill, our fucking production schedule had the edge of a cliff in front of it and that's it a vast foggy nothing
0: yeah this nebulous nothing
1: and we still have a hell of a lot of nothing so at the end we'll announce what we're getting into next which will be a fucking shock surprise i think um (laughs) but yeah and it's not silent Hill revelations but uh it's
0: not no no, it's
1: not thank god but um yeah i know it came at a perfect time i've been wanting to watch this again for quite some time i've been Mm. wanting to watch this again uh, since I got to see Centralia, which okay. part of this, the film version of Silent Hill is loosely based upon. Um, I've always liked this film. Mm-hmm. I know it has its naysayers, and i have never really being clear why, although in discussing some of the differences between this and the video game franchises, mm-hmm. it sort of comes to light as to where those fans would start to fall off. But yeah. I really do enjoy this
0: film a lot. Mm -hmm. Me too. When I first saw this film, I was a big Silent Hill fan. I still am. Silent Hill to me was a video game franchise that is one of those wonderful moments of my childhood that for some reason stuck with me more than almost any other video game memory I have video game memories of watching my brother play Final Fantasy 7 I have the 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 first time I ever played Super Mario Brothers playing ET on the 2600 there's lots of video game memories that I cherish but I could just take you back to the basement on Alta Vista Drive one more time I can tell you that my brother used to hang out with a troop of guys as much a lot of people do when they're in junior high they have they're click of eight closest friends that they just roam in packs with. I know I had mine when I was in high school and they would routinely come down after school and play video games, watch movies, whatever, basically take over the entire basement. And I was farther away in my high school than they were or even junior high. So they always managed to get home before I did. And one day they were all down in the basement and I came downstairs and they're playing Silent Hill. They had just popped the game into the PS1 and it was this awesome experience of watching them play and at first you're just this dude roaming around this very foggy street and I remember saying something oh so clever like what is this the pedestrian game because there was nothing there was no enemies there was nothing I didn't know what the hell they were doing they would go into houses they would get scared at nothing and they would pass the controller to each other and it wasn't until you find out where you're supposed to go, you turn that corner you see the red blood and then this disgusting inside out baby thing <laughs> comes out I love
1: when people are try to explain the creatures in Silent Hill is my favorite thing on the whole planet
0: yeah, and, and then you go, everything goes black and then all of a sudden you're in the Silent Hill world and then you go to the school and you do all this stuff and eventually, you know, get to the hospital see the nurses, meet the cop. All that great stuff. But in the meantime, it was watching all of these guys pass the controller to each other, getting scared. They're all collectively using their brains. Probably a lot
1: quieter than they normally are down
0: there. A lot quieter and also collectively trying to figure out the puzzles. My brother was very good at doing video game puzzles. And so there's this part with the piano keys and my brother's very musically inclined. And so it was all about, okay, this note is doing this. This note is doing that. And and figuring out because you had the bloody fingers on that, and I don't want to get into a whole thing about uh, like that entire experience, but needless to say, it was something that I loved very much.
1: It rocked your little tiny world.
0: It rocked my little tiny world, and and from that point on, anytime that uh, the Silent Hill games got a release of any kind, we would we we were renting them a lot because you know video games are you know expensive, and shit. And we we tended to gravitate towards Silent Hill more so than other survival horror. Yeah, I mean, Alone
1: in the Dark was another one of the titles that was quite popular.
0: Yeah, Alone in the Dark, Resident Evil, yeah. what, back when it was originally a, 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 a horror a, 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 a or a, a survival horror title. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, everything from like the PS2 era, from uh, Fatal Frame to um, Haunting Grounds. Uh, these were the games that were very prominent in my house because my brother was such a huge. Survival horror video game enthusiast, and but games like this really owe a, a debt of gratitude to Japan, and not only does uh like Konami and all the these are Japanese companies that have created these games, but survival horror is a massive subgenre of video games in Japan, and it always has been, and to the point in which. Games that owe a lot of survival horror, to, uh, survival horror heritage to, like Sweet Home for the NES, Clock Tower for the uh, Super Famicom, which is the Super Nintendo, and and stuff. Things that were never released here. Mm-hmm. Um, th- if you go back and you play those games, they're very reminiscent of Silent Hill, where you have a sort of uh, you're basically weak against all monsters. Uh, you have to solve a lot of puzzles. It's it's a lot of You know, going this way instead of that way, that type of stuff. Sweet Home in particular, there's a very huge story. And again, Sweet Home also has a film adaptation, which I've been trying to get my hands on for oh really for years. And I would love to eventually do that for the show because Mm -hmm. that and like talking about the Famicom game would make me very very happy. But um, and and so Silent Hill coming out later in, in terms of all these these sort of OG survival horror games. This was 1999, I believe. And stuff like Resident Evil and other really big survival horror was 96. So, like, this game came out later. It was quieter. And they've always been quieter games. Very uh, dependent on puzzle solving. Very dependent on... It wasn't like Resident Evil where all of a sudden by four you were just... You were shooting so many zombies and you're doing all this badass shit. like You were always kind of just a regular person. You weren't a super cop. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, you either had some sort of misadventure or you're chasing after somebody and ended up Mm -hmm. with your poor sucker ass in Silent Hill.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so when this film came out, I thought it was great. And not unlike a lot of video game adaptations where people hated them. I mean, and there's been horror video game adaptations that people can't stand um you know alone in the dark comes to mind people can't stand that movie um house of the dead i need the stuff of course really oh yeah for sure down,
1: of course yeah with good reason yeah it's hard to adopt even some of the ones that like even the resident evil films people shit on a lot of those yeah. because either they don't follow the games people mm-hmm. are expecting a character they don't get to meet yeah uh characters are, are vastly different
0: yeah in, very in minimalized yeah Or
1: it's just absolutely not like the game at all. And Mm -hmm. that's like, it's impossible. It's fucking impossible Mm -hmm. to do. So,
0: yeah,
1: I mean, Chris and I covered Corpse Party where the stories and the books and the manga and the film all are very, very similar, very Mm -hmm. same characters. Everyone's very similar. So I can't see people having those complaints. Then again, Mm -hmm. that's all very Japan-centric, and Mm -hmm. there aren't as many fans over here or as many fans that have lived through every iteration of the franchise, Mm -hmm. where people here, a lot of people have lived through every iteration of the franchise of Silent Hill. So -hmm. they have all their little fucking opinions and stuff, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or something that's so closely adapted like that. People just don't seem to cry and moan about it. They just enjoy it for what it is. So I wish more people would just enjoy Silent Hill for what it is. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's deviations and it's demutations and it's amping up of characters that some people don't feel are the stars of the show, mm-hmm. Pyramid Head, yeah, although he is the the most iconic thing he's the thing that's made into chibi characters in japan you don't see chibi characters of a lot of the other silent hill characters that's
0: true i mean chibi pyramid head and and what i like about the fact that pyramid head became a thing so much i mean by he wasn't in the original silent hill game he's in silent hill 2 and he's this omnipresence you can't really fight and you're just constantly running away from him what i like is that it organically became silent hills mario you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it, it wasn't just like, here's our logo, here's our character, it's fucking Mario, it's Sonic, it's Crash Bandicoot. No, it, it was just people gravitated towards it. So listen, if if anyone has a problem with Pyramid Head being the most iconic thing or the nurses, they can just go ahead and take a look in the mirror because it is the fan base that dictated these were going to be the most iconic things from the series.
1: Entirely, because otherwise, how do you explain Silent Hill? You're like a, a foggy church? That could yeah. be anything. That could be fucking anything. So, yeah. sorry, you got an
0: icon. Yeah.
1: And I'm very happy with him and his great knife. He's my favorite little fella ever. Our pal Pyramid Head, I've been calling him all day.
0: <laughs> I'm a big fan, too. Mm-hmm. And when I walked away from this film, I remember people – it did okay. It didn't do gangbusters. Um, it, it did well enough to get a sequel. The sequel, I was very surprised to see because I just – hadn't heard enough positive things about it but I don't hear a lot of positive things about a lot of stuff that I like no
1: and And, I thought that they had done they blew their load so to speak you know I think that they had done uh, impeccably well with this film yeah and
0: if this thing just existed by itself that's fine Mm -hmm. um I I wasn't expecting this to become a Resident Evil franchise where it's just they keep making them and I really and just going back to Resident Evil I really turned around on those movies I initially wasn't a big fan of them I just I, I don't know like I just thought they didn't look great and I didn't. I wasn't a fan of the Alice character. I would have. I would have one of those people that would have preferred Jill or or Chris or Leon to be more center stage. But man, if they didn't, if I didn't totally one eighty on it now and now I fucking love those movies for what they are. And yeah, and they're I th- super fun. And I think what people need to do is is say to yourself, "This is a world that I like. So how about I allow the people making these films to." To break the back of this universe, reshape it, and and give me 90 minutes of entertainment. Or you can just shit all over it. Your choice. Well, if I- you
1: want nothing really reshaped, you go become a fan of Corpse Party. Because then you'll be able to just revel mm-hmm. in one of the most fun fucking mm-hmm. survival horror school alternate reality world's eyeball i like but yeah, there's a it, game of it too nothing know? really fucking changes it's corpse party you're gonna yeah. play the same story over and over and it's awesome every time
0: yeah yeah yeah. but
1: they don't really do what they do with resident evil with no that.
0: that's true and uh, and and i think that you know you have in this film very respected actors like sean bean rada mitchell these are people that do serious films all the time and also do sci-fi and, and action genre films all the time but are just people who can who have the acting chops to to carry the story forward. But one thing that I will notice about Silent Hill is it seems later on in life, this seems to be a low key favorite of a lot of people. And I would even say that this is probably the most universally liked video game adaptation, <laughs> uh, uh, like uh, 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 of anything. And I'm talking about all genres. and And I think that. For us to, if you were to look at every video game adaptation that has ever been put to film, most of them are unwatchable. Yeah. Um. Some of them I like quite a bit. I, at the time, like when Mortal Kombat came out, I thought I thought that's as good as it's ever going to get because I had already lived through the Super Mario Brothers movie, and so <laughs> you would just think to yourself, if if this was any semblance of the video game whatsoever, yeah, and kick ass martial art moves and whatever. But I just think that Silent Hill. As an adult now, I can like more. I can go back and watch Mortal Kombat and enjoy it. But Silent Hill is...
1: And only somewhat enjoy it because those are such niche, strange little films that if you're not interested in those franchises, they're not mm-hmm. very good movies. Even mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat, they're not very good movies mm-hmm. if you're completely removed from what they were before. That's true. This film, you can go into it and enjoy it. As mm-hmm. It's a great film, even if you have no fucking idea. If you yeah. were just dropped here from Mars and have no idea what Silent Hill is whatsoever. Yeah. Fully enjoyable. My mom liked this movie quite a lot. Mm-hmm. She watched it a couple times, even without yeah. two
0: Two different people in my life who I know for a fact have never played a Silent Hill game both of them love this film Yeah, and and uh, don't see the seams. And I think that that's the only thing about if you coming into this as a big Silent Hill fan, uh, fan, you will see the cracks and seams and the stitches, what they've done to like uh, uh, meld this thing together. But I don't even think being able to see that is a, a uh, troubling at all. I, I don't no. think that that's a problem in any way, shape or form, unless you are actively deciding that it's a problem for you.
1: It makes, uh, if anything, it makes you want to play the games. Which and
0: and believe me, if you think I'm not popping in Silent Hill <laughs> once I get home, <laughs> you're crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, we also like you mentioned Sean Bean. Um, Lori Holden is in this. People would recognize from Walking Dead, and she was. One of those people, like a character in *Walking Dead* that some people loved and hated, and mm-hmm. like had her come comeuppance, and then people hated her again, and back and forth like that. Uh, I didn't have that close of a relationship with her character in *Walking Dead* because I don't really—I only watched like two seasons of it. Yeah, I, but I enjoyed her very much, mm-hmm. and I remembered her as the Cobb from mm-hmm. *Silent Hill*. Yeah, that's where I knew her from, and that's what I loved her for. Mm-hmm. And I—I I do love her in this film, and yeah. she gets a little more screen time than I recalled. Because yes. I always every time I watch it, I think, oh, here's my four seconds with Bennett that mm-hmm. I get to enjoy. And then I hardly see her again. But she does have a lot of screen time. So people who are fans of The Walking Dead and her character, Lori, or whatever her name was. I
0: can't quite remember. As a matter of fact, it took me, I'm going to say a good 30 seconds to remember who she was in Silent Hill or uh, in Walking Dead as you were talking. Yeah. So.
1: Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of her in this too. So I really enjoyed that. Uh, the child actress does an okay job. I like her much better later in the film.
0: Yeah, she's very good later in the film. And she grew up and uh, she was on that uh, Canadian sci-fi show Dark Matter, which she's quite good at.
1: Oh, really? Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I recognize her pictures she's, now.
0: She's the green-haired chick that's really good at tech and stuff like that. Dark Matter is a, is a cool little... Niche little sci-fi series, I think. It's neat.
1: Now, for the fun Canadian link to all of this, mm. my favorite gentleman friend, next to Chris from Cast in the U.S., <laughs> is got to be our pal Pyramid Head. Oh. Yeah. I've done a couple photo shoots, like catching up with Pyramid Heads uh, in cosplay at different conventions because there's usually a pyramid head i've seen many iterations of pyramid head i've seen female pyramid heads i've seen all kinds of red pyramid i've seen lots of different pyramid heads i've seen lots of fucking nurses too we'll talk about that later but the gentleman that plays pyramid head and our lovely janitor friend uh colin Mm -hmm. is his name yeah yeah
0: the skeevy janitor skeevy
1: janitor and he's also the barbed wired up version of the janitor in in Mm -hmm. the bathroom that we'll meet um and the gaunt, tall looking guy that looks like one of the absent friends that's later on in some of the cult scenes in this film, Robert Capanella, Campanella. Campanella, mm-hmm. I think you pronounce his name. He's originally from Rome, but he is a imported Canadian. He was part of our Canada ballet, our national Ca- ballet of Canada, or however, however they call themselves, the, ba- the ballet here. Yeah. He was a ballet guy. Um, but he played Pyramid Head and you can, you can see some of that physicality. He was also the head choreographer for Mm -hmm. all of the creatures in this because they did hire a lot of dancers to be like the nurses and stuff. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, as much as you'd like to think you can, you know, cut some costs and hire your pals or do a casting call for randos, Mm -hmm. it works out so much better on film. And this was filmed in film by and large for Mm -hmm. a lot of it. So you really need to have people that really fit into their roles properly to be able to catch them Uh, properly.
0: understand how the body works You know, and that seems like something that is such a understand how your body works. What do you mean? I know how my body works. Mm. There's people who are dancers who are in martial arts or who are just very athletic and physical people. They just have a better understanding of their own body mechanics and are better at duplicating things. If you want someone to it's almost like in art when they say before you start breaking the rules of the anatomy, You first have to understand the anatomy. Yeah, it's the same thing, in 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 quite a literal sense. They understand their anatomy so well; they know exactly how to make themselves look unnatural. So the walking of the nurses is so fantastic. The 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 armless guy sauntering around with his knees inward. You know, anyone else like that could look hokey. Yeah, but you know, you you really. Especially if you're going to be working with live actors, right? So I
1: you see so many Pyramid Heads. You think, oh, well, he's not quite doing it. He's not quite doing this right. He doesn't quite yeah. fit the part. He doesn't quite look this. He looks like this butt. Mm-hmm. There's always those butts. It's because, well, he's not a ballerina. <laughs> and yeah. unfortunately, to be this big, brooding, scary, tall, mm-hmm. fucking nightmarish gentleman mm-hmm. that Pyramid Head is, you need to have cast a ballerina. Mm-hmm. uh He's a torontonian a friend of mine. um She wasn't dating him at all because he's he was in a relationship, but from what I understand. But they were very, very close, and she had the hugest crush on him from afar. So I got to hear like bird's eye view of a lot of what his uh, emotions were since he left the ballet, which was kind of cool. But so I've got a soft spot for Pyramid okay. Head. Not only a soft spot for Pyramid Head as. Pyramid Head, but a soft spot for the actor that played Pyramid Head in this film. He did a fucking impeccable job. So, oh, yeah. yeah.
0: Y- you know, it's one of those things where if, if you were to hold that prop knife and now imagine that this thing weighs 800 pounds because it doesn't weigh 800 pounds no, yeah. because it's a movie prop, but also you can move it. So to give you an indication of how strong your character is, so your character's super strong, but this thing's also super heavy go yeah (laughs) you know like that type of direction would baffle a lot of people and this guy nails it i believe the weight behind the thing that he's dragging Mm -hmm. and of course you know editing and sound effects help too but that it all starts with that physical performance you need a spine to build all of this muscle and guts onto
1: the lighting and such, and like, there's probably a lot owed to Christoph Gans. There's probably a lot owed to Akira Yamaoka, who had been part of Team Silent, who had produced all the music for the first four games, and was called in as one of the producers on this as well. Not only from sound perspective, and they reused all of the sounds except for Ring of Fire um, mm. from the games, which is an an amazing mix, mm-hmm. um, an amazing fucking sound mix. The sound in this and we'll talk more about the specific sounds in this is is mind-bendingly nightmarish and mind-bendingly fitting and mind-bendingly uplifting when it needs to be. So it's Mm -hmm. just so perfect. But to have those two minds blending with things like the lighting, the sound, the film and the use of film, the use of CG all like it's all embodied so very well in what we see of pyramid head and what sort of terror he brings just to the screen it's just such a perfect almost too perfect blend of all of those minds. Mm-hmm. You know, the choreography, the sound, the light. It's just too beautiful of a film, I think, for a horror film.
0: Mhm. Mhm.
1: For kind of a one-off horror film at
0: that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if if listen, if you if you were set, if you were told we're doing a Silent Hill movie adaptation and and my philosophy is always okay, it's happening, so how do you do the best job you possibly can with that idea? This is how you do the best job you possibly can. You get people that worked on the game. You get people that understand the game. You hire the right people. You don't chintz out yeah. on things, right? It might have, it could have been so easy for them to just, like you said, hire cheaper stunt people. Don't get dancers. Um, do more CGI, right? You could just whatever. Just do it in post, whatever. which
1: might be what's lacking in the
0: sequel. Yeah, the sequel is just it, it, it's a little more synthetic it's uh the story seems a little bit more forced because i feel as though they felt compelled to continue on with the previous story i think that's what i consider the weakest aspects of the sequel i don't hate the sequel so if there's any people out there that love that movie I-, I agree there's a lot to recommend in terms of visuals there's, i like pyramid head in it i like uh, uh, Alessa in it. She's cool. And, she,
1: is, she is. There's uh, things in that movie I do enjoy very much. Yeah,
0: but I think that what they probably could have done and what might have given you an opportunity to have more Silent Hill adaptations is you were to have Silent Hill 2 it's new people. Yep. There's no reason why you need to bring back we're fine uh, the end of this film ends in such a way that's where we leave our characters. It's it's haunting, it's sad, but it's oh so Silent Hill. And then the next time we have more people going into yeah, Silent Hill. Because I Hill.
1: want to return to Silent Hill. I'm not that I'm I'm done with that story. Yeah, it is exactly. to in my mind a standalone.
0: I I yeah. agree. I agree.
1: I'd like to I'd like to go back there. I'd like to physically go back there because unlike the video games, which is neat, downpour sort of hints at this sort of thing, but um, the movie being based loosely on an actual place, Centralia, Pennsylvania which isn't too far from where Chris lives in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. So last March I did get to visit
0: Centralia. (laughs) So you have physically, if such a thing is possible, stepped into Silent Hill and you've lived to tell the tale.
1: I did. I did. I even saw the church. Really? It's up on a hill and everything. I'll have to show you photos of the very scant photos that we took because unlike it was, say, 20, 30 years ago, 20 years after the coal fire started there isn't smoke rising from the ground anymore Mm. they've closed the highway that was all cracked and people have like done what fucking lame-ass tourists drunk bullshit jocks do and spray-painted dicks everywhere um i've heard about
0: i've heard about the dicks it
1: looks fucking like i don't know i've seen a lot of photos of it i've never seen it because i really care that isn't what i wanted to see i got to see what i wanted to see in silent hill though or in centralia rather is looking down where a road used to be that isn't anymore and seeing a stop sign in the middle of a field. That, to me, is fucking creepy. That filled me with enough reverence for the place. Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm.
1: A lot of people would be very disappointed by Silent Hill. I'd like to see it more in the summertime, too, but Mm -hmm. it's probably very overgrown, and there is not anything to fucking see there anymore. They've been uh, charging people with trespassing that go on the road because it is dangerous, sure, Mm -hmm. but... I don't know. The the movie did make it so much more interesting to people. Mm -hmm. There's another documentary coming out because there's a filmmaker that has spent the past, like, seven or eight years in there trying to, like, talk to more people. There's documentaries online on Central if you want to hear about the coal fire and the abandonment of the town and the few holdouts and the ways they tried to save the town and the ways those things failed and what the town looks like today. Um, And there will be forthcoming documentaries from what I understand. Um but it does have such a mystique when you blend what Centralia is mm-hmm. and even more curiously, Ashland, another town beside it that still is almost like half quasi ghost town just on account of that. And it, I'm sure a lot of people from Centralia have relocated there. And there is an Ash town or Ashland in Silent Hill that abuts the town Silent Hill. So it's kind of neat how they have those dualities. Downpour seems to have a lot more of those dualities in it, too. But you can take Silent Hill from the video game and the map that we sort of basically know in our minds that is mirrored in the film, Mm -hmm. and you can plunk that on where Centralia used to be, Mm -hmm. and the story just clicks. Mm -hmm. There is a church where the church is, like, Mm kind of cool, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things that I think the Silent Hill film does quite beautifully is if you... You don't need to be a fan of the game to understand things, but when they do nods to the games, and there's a lot of them, Mm -hmm. it seems oh so familiar. And when you say, we're going to the school, you think, oh my god, they're going to the school.
1: Exactly. (laughs) And then
0: now they have to go to the hospital, and you say, oh my god, they're going to the hospital. They don't even – you start to fill in the blanks because I played that game – I know what's in that fucking hospital. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, it's um, and 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 sure, they don't go, they don't beeline for a lot of the game bosses, and they they do have a lot of care, uh, creatures that are very present in the games, but they 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 are missing some. I mean, listen, you can't it can't just be a revolving door of, and then here's this guy. I that's mean, what I like the most
1: about, like, with her finding flashlights and stuff, because it does feel very video gamey, and they're very oh, yeah. valuable things, right? Oh, Survival yeah. horror. When she loses her knife, I mean, that gives people a, a little heart attack on two different levels, mm-hmm. and I I do enjoy that, the, the use of flash the flashlight.
0: Yeah, having yeah, one gun with one clip in it, and yeah. this is what you get, so careful with those bullets. Mm-hmm. And yeah, her whole, it's like, so you have a fucking kitchen knife that's against all of this shit, and yeah, that's... That's what they gave you in the game. You pretty much just had that kind of stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What you could find, what you could scavenge if you were smart enough to pick it up, mm-hmm. which you sort of have to be in survival horror. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is a survival horror game without a lantern or a flashlight?
0: Yeah. You can find a katana if you're really lucky. You have to go into a house, uh, a specific house, and I think you get it. So there's that. But even then, it's not really going to help you in the way that I think you would hope it would. Uh because, you know, like I said, in the the school basement, that boss is like this weird banana head lizard thing that you have to like hit right when its mouth opens. It's fucking gross. Everything in Silent Hill is so gross. Everything's just covered in blood and gunk and black and soot. It's just always so gro- nasty.
1: I had friends that had rented this flat, and it had used it used to be some sort of like, I don't know, activity center or something. so it had two bathrooms. And separated by one wall. So there was a mirror image of each bathroom boys and girls, you know, on each side. So what they wanted to do is make one super pristine because it was all pretty pristine. All they had to do is javax all the tiles and they'd be gleaming white. And then they wanted to take the other side and make it a Silent Hill version. And not like be grimy and gross, but like permanent permader. They wanted to make it permanently fucking fucked up and make the light flicker permanently not Mm -hmm. just like wait till it started burning out but like make this silent hill version of it all and put it like a little fog machine in there from time Mm -hmm. to time i guess i don't know make it super creepy they never got around to doing it but i would have loved it and they wanted my input too because they were like you can help us figure out ways to like permanently make this look dingy and fucked up
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and it's crazy how that mist that fog that ashiness has become so iconic. There's not a single fucking foggy day Mm -hmm. in this city that I do not see. And this has nothing to do with me having a certain isolated circle of friends on my Facebook. I have a lot of friends on Facebook from all walks of life. And I don't think a fucking foggy day in Ottawa goes by that I do not see... A, re- a direct reference to oh my god it's like silent hill out or alternatively they'll say the mist but it's mostly silent almost
1: hill. always silent hill i've de- i've definitely taken a picture of parliament buildings in the fog and posted it called said silent hill because it's funny because it's parliament hill but whatever yeah, yeah i i see it too because if i'm not doing it somebody is right? yeah exactly or you think it you walk out on a foggy day and you think silent hill you see a stairwell going mm-hmm. down into fog yeah fucking silent hill
0: it's crazy and and it's and it's Buck Wild to me that fog, like Silent Hill, kind of owns fog as a concept <laughs> these days.
1: It does. It does. <laughs> Which they should capitalize it on I know. That and make a fucking other movie with another group of people. Could be hapless fucking people going to see what Centralia looks like yeah. and turn into a fucking you Silent could,
0: Hill movie. You know what? Net- Netflix fucking greenlights everything. Do a series of an anthology series in Silent Hill. Every oh, episode's man. a different thing. Like fucking Black Mirror, except it's in Silent Hill. Yep. Why not just do that? You know what I'm saying? Eight episodes. That's Boom! A-
1: there, there's your pitch. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix greenlights everything. You're totally right. So yeah, and they would greenlight that like mad right now.
0: Yeah, I, I I think that that would people would watch that for sure. People love these horror series, mm-hmm. and you know I know the Mist one didn't do very well, but the Mist fucked up and didn't fucking put any damn creatures in it. And I was like, "That's all people want. They want like those Lovecraftian things walking around and purple spiders and like that giant leviathan thing. They want all that, and they didn't do it. So this time, just fucking do it. And put Pyramid Head in the first episode. That's gonna make people. That's gonna make you money.
1: Not even. Don't, don't even put Pyramid in the first episode. Just have a big great knife stabbed through a fucking door at one point, and yeah, people yeah, yeah. would watch for the next episode.
0: Yeah, exactly. With right. The promise of Pyramid Head. Yeah, promise of Pyramid Head or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, they could do that. But anyways, what is this fucking movie even about? Anyway, we've been talking for like six years.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. It's not bad for a 40-minute intro. We already know what this movie is even about anyway. It's about Silent Hill. It is
0: about Silent Hill.
1: It is about Sharon. It is. Poor Sharon.
0: Poor Sharon. Sharon is a a little girl who's got herself some sleep issues. Yeah. Yeah. She's
1: sleepwalking.
0: She does sleepwalk. And... That in itself seems to be something that the family has been dealing with. The parents are... It's Sean Bean and and Rada Mitchell. They're um, two actors that I like quite a bit. And uh, so I was glad that they got these roles. And what seems to be happening is Sharon is going on these little adventures and screaming about a place called Silent Hill. Uh, Then she wakes up and has no memory of any of it.
1: They do this juxtaposition. And this carries on through... The film, of course, because you're going to have this, like, real life, this foggy limbo, and the other world. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of juxtapositions between the looks of these places, the film techniques used in these places, the lighting techniques used in these places, and we get a tease of that right here, because we get um Sharon has slept walked out into a bridge or something and it's the middle of the night in the storm and there's like noise and trees and under the bridge sounds a lot like Silent Hill sounds later when we're in the other world it sounds horrible and scary and there's screaming and then smash cut basically to daylight and an idyllic field where Sharon and her mom are kind of talking over this, like, you know, sleepwalking Silent Hill stuff. Well, what we're going to do is go there. No, we're not going to take Daddy. Because she's been having these nightmares about Silent Hill. Sleepwalking, very dangerous nightmares about Silent Hill. And it's gotten her mother to the point that she needs to do something about this. And she thinks it'll help her daughter for them to go and find this place. Mm -hmm. Try and unlock whatever it is that's tormenting her. I like that juxtaposition, though, between the dark and scary, the screaming and... The bright and the idyllic and the softer Mm -hmm. music and the sweetness and the very close mother-daughter relationship. Mm -hmm. So it's established very quickly. And it gives us a a good drive to go, no pun intended, to drive to Silent Hill, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, on this winding road.
0: Yeah, that's true. They leave Sean Bean behind. But don't you worry, because Sean Bean's going to fucking go on a little adventure of himself through the power of Google.
1: (laughs) Power of Google, yes.
0: Yeah, it's weird to me that... That he didn't think about doing this before. Like she keeps saying, "Silent Hill." My first inclination would just be shouted into my phone. They didn't have. You love shouting at your phone. I you. do love shouting at my phone. People, it's like Wes. I need a question answered, and I always ask. I was like, "Why don't you just ask your phone? Your phone can tell you anything. You don't need people anymore." <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true.
1: But I mean, I can I can really get this because I have had recurring nightmares that have a lot of like Silent Hill type things to it. But one in particular is these horrible gray nuns that are trapping me or someone I know in a hospital. And there's like usually fire or people throwing things at me, sometimes ice balls. Like it's just weird. It's always very fucking weird, very loose, scary little nightmares that have to do with abandoned hospitals in the dark, in the countryside of Mattawa with gray nuns. And interestingly... Driving through Mattawa, seeing one of the abandoned hospitals before it was torn down at the time, I relayed this to a friend who basically turned white as a sheet. And I wish I, and I did Google it later and learned lots about it, but there had been hospitals there owned by the Grey Nuns and run by the Grey Nuns. This was like their third fucking hospital that had burnt down or something. So it's like somehow I must have gleaned this information. Or it's in the water, I have no idea, but I had had these weird dreams. If I were a sleepwalking, screaming child, my mom would have had a road trip on her hands. (laughs) I'm still terrified of grey nuns, no thanks to the void, but I'm still terrified of grey nuns because of that. I don't know what it is. There's nothing terrifying about grey nuns, but yes. Um... To Google it, like I, so, I when people watch this and be like, "Oh, so he just like they just Google Silent Hill or Silent Hill's just on a map." It's like, yeah, it is. So it was fucking Mattawa and so is I get right. it was Nuns. Right, I believe it, and it gives you a, a, a probable drive to go to this place mm-hmm. where a lot of movies do fall flat with, like, "Well, why would you go there?" Or as if that place exists. Mm-hmm. Totally, I'm there. I believe it,
0: especially since what we will eventually find out, but what we maybe as video game fans already know about the 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 the, the strange way that the dimension for lack of a better term of that silent hill is a gateway to can sort of activate or not activate in in terms of you can go to silent hill and there's nothing there there's nothing there there's nothing wrong and then you leave or then you cross over into silent hill which is a very different thing and mm-hmm. then you are in Silent Hill, and you can't really leave.
1: No, exactly.
0: Um, and and so this space that that occupies almost like a bizarre purgatory that you will stay in. I
1: always think of it as like foggy limbo. Yeah, that foggy limbo, because you know, I'm sure that you could end up on the other side too and never leave there. That would be just mm-hmm. nightmare. Or.
0: Or, or or Dante's Inferno, right? It's like these layers of hell. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, the first things that you see in the game and in the movie are these inside-out babies, these toddlers, these weird infants almost like, oh, I don't know, the lost souls of dead children, yeah, the unborn. Something like that. Something like that, right? That we that w- that we know so well from literature. And and how you're always descending into Silent Hill, there's always more levels, cavernous fire getting hotter and hotter because it gives way to this weird industrial scape. Uh, it's like a steel mill almost Mm -hmm. in a lot of places, right? It just keeps going down and down and down and you're going to the bowels, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Which I, what I like how Silent Hill and Centralia can overlap in that way, mm. where, you know, you don't really get you, you get different explanations as to why these realms exist in this city. But you could always just be like, oh, well, they burnt their way down to it. <laughs> That's yeah. how the coal fire did it. Yeah. Just blame it on the coal fire.
0: Yeah, the coal fire. It, because, and, and also, I like the idea of there's quite literally a coal fire burning eternally underneath this place. But there's also a figurative gateway to hell, essentially. Mm-hmm. That and is burning eternally. That is burning eternally that will escape.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, on her way to Silent Hill, she encounters a nosy flatfoot. <laughs> a nosy flatfoot. dick cop. Yeah. yeah, fucking Bennett. Eric. The hot Eric Estrada from Chips.
1: The fucking- <laughs> oh, that one. <laughs> yeah, she is pretty hot.
0: Yeah, I love those shades.
1: And like you had pointed out, that her helmet is maybe not the sexiest thing about her.
0: Well, maybe not, but because to me, it she has this aesthetic of uh, a or very. I was gonna say like a cartoon cop, but really a video game cop Mm because she's got the 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 big shiny gold badge and the blue shirt and the giant biker helmet. And if you were to say, could you draw me a stereotypical cop? It would look like that, or it would look like you know, like the the navy blue pants and the bright blue shirt and the the build cap that they all wear and shit like that. And you probably have a mustache.
1: hmm mm-hmm. Now, this cop, um, there, there's another juxtaposition here that I really like when they're kind of racing through the twisty mountain pass road, mm-hmm. uh, which is weird. I don't know if there's mountains in Maine, but whatever, because it's supposed to be in Maine, but... Um, it's like a very beautiful overhead shot. They got a really nice crane shot of like Mm -hmm. these trees in the mountain road and the colors are like kind of blues and purples of sunset. It's really pretty. And then we're slammed into squelching radio. It's a high-speed chase. There's a screaming child Mm -hmm. Um, and a car accident, Mm -hmm. which smash cuts us into the foggy limbo.
0: It really gives you this abrupt entrance into Silent Hill it's ethereal, it's weird, it's snowing ash. What's with the car crashes in Silent Hill though? Is that like their favorite way to get you in there? Yeah, and, and it and it opens up this question of are they just dead? Yeah. Do you have
1: Immediately, to, yeah.
0: Do you have to just die to get into Silent Hill proper? And and, and so your spirit exists within this place. Your body and, and soul are taken to this purgatory. This so limbo. we'll all
1: visit Silent Hill one day.
0: In a way, yes, we oh, all will. Goody. Because Because, But it also seems th- like you are chosen through car accidents. <laughs> because even even her cop, Bennett, when she's chasing her after Roda Mitchell takes off, when she's trying to investigate the, the vehicle, because she thinks even, even Bennett has an accident. We don't see that accident. She flips out on her bike, but she has an accident before she enters Silent Hill as well. So it seems to be that car accidents are your key, if you will, your big <laughs> iron skeleton key into Silent Hill proper.
1: I like this first shift into the foggy limbo of Silent Hill. It's such a pretty little town. Like mm. I would live there forever. And it looks like there's nobody around for miles. Mm. And it's got that perfect um, temperature looking weather where I think I could just trips around all day and be the happiest girl in the world. No blinding sunlight. It looks warm enough.
0: What about all that ash getting everywhere?
1: It's fine. Ash blows away. Not that there's any wind there in Silent Hill, but whatever. Mm -hmm. I'd cope. Yeah. Same way you cope with falling leaves this time of year. (laughs) I would cope. It looks very pretty. Sure, Rose is looking for her daughter, Sharon, who seems to be running around town and not listening to her. I don't really understand this at all, so I'm assuming that it's not Sharon whatsoever from the get-go. Because her daughter wouldn't be running away from her unless she's disoriented or sleepwalking, I guess. I don't Mm -hmm. know.
0: And in in Sharon's first vision, we see an overhead shot of this strange little girl that looks similar but a little bit different. Like she's going through a goth phase.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So it might or might not be her.
0: It might or might not be her. This probably wouldn't seem so strange to Rose given the fact that her daughter has a pension for sleepwalking anyways. yeah, So she thinks she might just be doing that. She was asleep in the back seat, although beforehand she was screaming and telling her to turn off the radio. So,
1: yeah. As much as I like the shift to the foggy limbo that is Silent Hill, we have another shift coming up. And it's one of the first real heralds of
0: nightmare visions within mm-hmm. this film.
1: And I could see it catching people off guard if they don't know what they're in for.
0: We get the sound of the klaxon, air raid sign, the universally understood danger of yeah, culture.
1: Very much. And at the time, Rose is creeping around the town. It's an already creepy fucking town. She's in a creepy stairwell, and all the light dies away. So it's suddenly nighttime from middaylight to sudden nighttime. And paint starts peeling and ashing and floating up. It's, that's the weirdest, like, subtle disintegration that happens when it's going from this other world to the foggy limbo that is my favorite thing, is the use of ashes. There was ashes in the air beforehand. That's what most of the fog is, it seems. But now things are burning away. Mm-hmm. So you end up with what you had alluded to earlier as, like, this steel mill. Everything looks like a fucking burnt steel mill mm-hmm. all of a sudden.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And she has her Zippo. She does. Her trusty, rusty Zippo.
0: Yeah, it's going to be her light source. I could think of better light sources, but if that's all you got, then that's what you got. The
1: mm-hmm. first thing that comes to mind. And luckily for her, it's a movie Zippo, so it won't burn her hand in three minutes. And it has a flame about a foot high. It's true.
0: <laughs> it's, a, it's almost a literal torch. But she is following this shape that she assumes to be her daughter. This is where she encounters her first bit of horror in that, in the form of a crucified gas mask man on a chain link fence, just bleeding profusely. He is alive. Yeah. Such as that is. But then she encounters something weird. Those inside out fucking baby things. Inside that, out burning babies. Yeah.
1: Ash children.
0: Ash children that just let out a horrible wail.
1: Oh, I think that's just what most children sound like. They sound like, you know, that sound when you're you know, on a bus or in a cafe and someone has a screaming infant. That's what they sound like.
0: Yeah. A horrible, <laughs> blood-curdling wail. Yeah.
1: And there's a fucking gaggle of these things. Coming oh, my God.
0: It. it looks like there's fucking 50 of them, at least. Yeah. And they're all chasing after her. She has lost the plot about looking for her daughter for just one quick sec, because It's bad enough that she's in this weird place that she doesn't quite understand. But in the other sense, you have to say to yourself, well, this is what you wanted. You wanted to go to Silent Hill. Well, welcome to Silent Hill proper. And when she escapes from this place, these baby things start to drag her away. But then all of a sudden, she awakes and it's over. She's still in Silent Hill. There's still that fog and ash everywhere. But it's daylight. But it's daylight. And we're listening to some Johnny Cash.
1: Which is the only song in this that is not Yamaoka. Um, Up up until this, Smash got to fucking daylight and Johnny Cash laying on the floor of an abandoned (sighs) diner or whatever. Very surreal. Very Mm -hmm. jarring. We've just experienced probably some of the most nightmarish shit to be committed to film ever. And it's rife with um, unbelievably on-spot lighting for a nightmare world it's the these incredible creatures coming at you that are probably a blend of cg and physical like obviously cg but there's probably a lot more physicality going into these children than we'd than we'd wish um the Dutch tilts, like the crazy amounts of Dutch tilts that set you ill at ease. But it's only on the third viewing that I was like, holy Dutch tilts, man. At first, you're, all, you're so into this and the fucking soundtrack. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Is a jarring industriality and just a total soundscape to go with this nightmare.
0: Echoing booms, clanging metal, all of these the things. The
1: droning on behind mm-hmm. like, fucking terrifying mm-hmm. and it triggers not fight or fight at all it triggers flight in the viewer mm-hmm. very succinctly and done mm-hmm. so well so to have rose wake up still fighting off the children that aren't there anymore mm-hmm. for a moment is so jarring and it's probably like the fourth instance at this point that we've been slammed back and forth between two extremes and this is probably the most poignant one, I think, because it's the first time you see these things coming at her and meaning to do her harm.
0: Now, when Rose is back in in this, the ironic safety of daylight in Silent Hill, she encounters a person that she assumes is just a vagrant. And that's not uh, unrealistic. You have an abandoned town. It's not inconceivable that there would be squatters all over the place. Right?
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: And she immediately employs this person to try to help her find her daughter i like that idea it's like listen you may look like a haggard bag lady or a swamp witch <laughs> or a swamp witch right <laughs> but you you can definitely help i know you can help because you're the only other person here you can help find my daughter and then she gets a little squicked out that this person is claiming that it is her daughter that that photo fo- the the photo in the locket is of that's impossible. How could that be her daughter? Oh, she's clearly crazy.
1: Oh, obviously.
0: So, yeah. and, and that, again, is not inconceivable that someone would be like, you're looking for your daughter? That's my daughter. You know what I mean? It's just something that uh, someone who is mentally unstable might say.
1: Mm-hmm. No, and I've, I've dealt with people that have that sort of flight uh, of, of fancy linked to their mental illness before. I disliked it very much in this character, and I sort of still dislike it. Our first meeting with Dahlia really paints her as a crazy woman vagrant swamp witch (laughs) instead of the very tragic figure that she is Mm -hmm. Uh, because she's not quite that far gone mentally Mm -hmm. it just she comes across as that when we first meet her and we're also meeting her on the fucking edge where the highway has dropped away Mm -hmm. so we're you know feeling very isolated trapped and confused at this Mm -hmm. point anyway and then we meet this very isolated trapped and confused woman Mm -hmm. yeah but she looks super fucking cool
0: Yeah, absolutely. This is where Rose goes back to her car. She immediately finds a drawing of her daughter. This, as she is running towards her car, she notices out the corner of her eye. It seems to be more than just a drawing. It is directions. That page is back into the entrance of Silent Hill. That is where they, that is where she needs to go. Now, we're also going to get Bennett back into this because Bennett is also in Silent Hill. She had a motorcycle accident, and she's immediately just arresting Roda Mitchell's character. Because
1: she's the cop. She's the cop, and she's got to follow the rules, and she's going to take her back to the station because that's what she's going to do. So she slams cuffs on her because how do I know that is your daughter? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I rescued a fucking guy I had abducted a kid up here and threw him down a mine shaft. Uh, and I never want that to happen again. You know, like, she's got a very good reason for being the way that she is. But she is just so dialed in as, like, chips, you know? Yeah. California Highway Patrol. That's exactly what she's being. Um, She still has her shades on, little trickle of blood at her temple. But she's like, yeah, I took a bad spell, whatever. Anyway, I must have been out for a while. I'm taking you to the station. Mm-hmm. It's all like she's all business
0: mm-hmm.
1: for now. Because thanks to my pal the acid spitting ash freak
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: we get a little bit of disrobing.
0: we do and this is where we get what are you you're <laughs> steepling your fingers
1: <laughs> yeah I know and earlier Wes had said something about this actress and looking so good and he's yeah. like but I don't want to be that guy and I was like oh hell I'll be that guy yeah. I will still be that guy yeah
0: she is so beautiful we got and some hot
1: cop action coming up here. yeah today.
0: and when this thing this
1: Uh, As spitting
0: lava ghoul. Yeah, he's like larval in a way. He's cocooned in a way. His legs are free. No face to speak of. Arms almost mummy wrapped in flesh and sinew around his body. And he just spits the shit. And and that's an actor. It looks CGI in some shots, but it's an actor doing that. And... She gets acid spit on her. Off comes the helmet. She's got that cool short haircut. Then she's got to pull off her jacket. And, and I'm like,
1: keep going. Oh my god! Going, and you then, know,
0: this is now a stripper gram. She's not a cop anymore. She's a stripper gram. And now, and then she it just blows this thing away. Just like empties a clip pretty much into this thing, and takes it out. And you're just like, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is so fucking cool. And it's
1: it's ten times more cool than any of her performances in Walking Dead. I think I just I love this scene very much.
0: Yeah, it's it's really strong material. And uh, by the way, Bennett also knows that the road that they came in on is gone. And you can pretty much guess that once you reach the town limits of Silent Hill, there is no place for you to go. It is a drop into oblivion. Mm -hmm. And that is when it's time for us to go back into Silent Hill proper. And this is where we're going to be heavily encountering more shit because while Rose is handcuffed still, the klaxon is going to sound and holy shit, she's back in this fucking place. And initially their idea is to go back to the school. She's got some sleuthing to do. You know what I'm saying?
1: Well, it's a video game, so
0: we've got to it click is the a video clues game. And solve
1: not- puzzles and get a flashlight.
0: Yeah, you gotta have flashlights. And you know, in the game you like they use lights and they use radios. These things were to help you signal uh, where the creatures were, but you had to be really careful when using them because sound and light also attracted these creatures to you, so you were not really encouraged to... There was a penalty, essentially, that the the beasties in Silent Hill would be attracted to you if you were using that type of shit. And so they were a good radar system, but also you had to be kind of careful with it. Uh This shit is in the game. Like, she has her phone just like around her neck like a pendant, and... Also, Bennett's uh, walkie-talkie is uh, statics when shit gets near them.
1: Mm -hmm. Sort of like the canary in the coal mine, which we'll actually get to see a literal canary in the coal mine very soon. Because um, she's following the clues, and she ends up in a bathroom. Mm -hmm. And, like... What is it with Silent Hill in the bathrooms? I mean, I every time I'm playing a survival horror game of any ty- type, thanks to Silent Hill, I always sleuth in the bathrooms because I'm expecting to find like a key in the toilet tank and mm-hmm. half the time you don't. Half the time it's just a bathroom, you can turn the water on and turn it off and like that's mm-hmm. all there is to see here, folks. But then <laughs> the other half of the time, you treat it to some some barbed wire hooked up weird contortion dead gender mm-hmm. or something.
0: Yeah. I think it's like this juxtaposition as as I was saying when we were going of uh, clean versus dirty. How the, the the world of Silent Hill is such a filthy place. And to a lot of people, the most reprehensible filthy place is a bathroom. It's where people want it to be the most clean, where we're doing the dirtiest things that we do as human beings. So I, I think that's where the mentality comes from in Silent Hill. There's oftentimes so many situations in which you have to go into bathrooms, through stalls. You go into the sink and there's like a fucking baby fetus in there in that mm-hmm. Silent Hills uh, game that never got released. So, uh, you uh, you look into the mirror and you're secretly expecting something to, in the reflection to like flash behind you. I, you know there's uh, and and yeah, there was lots of times in the Silent Hill games where there's creatures in the bathroom too. And so I'm secretly always expecting something in the bathroom. And this is a wonderfully cool. The scene, I love the writing on the wall, like I dare you, a dare you to... Double dare you. double dare you to get the key out of this just twisted, malformed thing of a man. You know that was a human at one point, but God, it reeks in her reaction to that. I just think, I can't imagine how it sounds. At one point,
1: you're like, can you imagine how it smells in there? And I, without missing a beat, let Wes know that that's his job because... Every time I'm watching something that has any, you know, picture painted that it might smell bad, Wes is there. Thinking
0: thinks, Thinking that place fucking is vomit inducing. And Mm -hmm. I think that it is. And so sure enough, she's got to pull this disgusting thing like it's a goddamn Saw movie out of this thing's mouth Mm -hmm. and uh, to go forward. But it is so video gamey but not hokey not Not at all you know what I'm saying like it doesn't seem like oh my god here's the fucking video game aspect but it's paying real tribute to the fact that this is a huge aspect of the Silent Hill games. You are finding papers, letters. You are looking at documents. You are finding keys. You are following clues you find in the desk in the school. And yeah, like, yeah. that
1: school really reminds me a lot of Heavenly Host. Like just I got Carp's mm. Party on the brain, right? Yeah, but yeah. yeah, it does remind me a lot of Heavenly Host. I've been um,
0: playing maybe. it recently for my 3DS. Oh, so, yeah? yeah? Enjoying it? Oh Yeah, yeah I love yeah, that game. It's a great story. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I find like the guys... Because we haven't forgotten about her husband, Chris, entirely. Which I find like the more boring aspect of this fucking movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But they are coming into the town as well. Because her husband has followed her to Silent Hill. Mm -hmm. And the reports of her Jeep have been made. And the cops are there investigating where she might have been. And where their cop is. Because they can't find Bennett. Mm -hmm. So they're looking for this owner of this Jeep and this missing cop. And Chris shows up on the scene and they report that like there's no foul play. There's no sign of his wife and there's no sign that anything bad has happened to her, but her Jeep is abandoned. Mm.
0: They Uh, also know that they're missing one of their deputies.
1: Yeah. So they're – scouring silent hill so he is in silent hill proving that point that you can just walk on through silent hill or Mm -hmm. you can walk into the fucking boggy limbo that is silent hill it's really up to silent hill so Mm -hmm. the men at one point are racing around the school looking for her looking Mm -hmm. for rose and yelling her name and stuff and it's very brightly lit it's like uncommonly
0: brightly lit Mm -hmm.
1: and at the same time we have juxtaposed visions of Rose um, Mm -hmm. running through the school Mm -hmm. in that foggy limbo.
0: She finds a desk and there's two fresh handprints on it. One of the palms is revealed graffiti that says witch.
1: Yeah, it seems to be carved all over the desk, but she's Mm -hmm. pretty sure this is her daughter because they're fresh. Everything's covered in dust, ash, whatever.
0: Yeah, and they're little girl hands. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now inside of the desk, there is uh, schoolwork in there signed with a a young girl's name named Alyssa. uh, Raising questions, but this seems to... Rose seems to get the inclination that perhaps there is someone in the town named Alyssa that she might be mistakenly going through. She's connecting the dots. The interesting aspect of Sean Bean's character simultaneously sleuthing around, going on on his fucking Sean Bean adventure, is that they are going to give us the background of this place, what happened, and the characters that we have yet to meet in different ways. Sean Bean is going to go a traditional way. If this was a haunting story, Sean Bean's way would be the way that most things would go. He's going into halls of records and he's talking to police officers. The cop that he's with just so happens to have been from Silent Hill when he was much younger. His father owned a barber shop which uh I think actually we will reveal later is a lie. But um, but there's something going on. There's people know something. But these records of Silent Hill are sealed. And all you need to know about Silent Hill is there's a coal fire. Lots of people died. Most bodies were never found. And no one goes up there.
1: And- Which, like to me, I wish that Amy were sitting here. Because if I could channel Amy. Because mm-hmm. Amy Vosper um has done so much work academically on the film and the feminine and horror film mm-hmm. quite specifically uh pretty soon she'll be dr vosper if she isn't already i need to double check on that mm-hmm. uh, she'll be a doctor of female in the horror basically anyway but like i find that this is such a, a subtle if not hit you over the head with it vision of like the duality of the male and the female because of the women are trapped in the silent the still this driven by an emotion sort of place they're trapped in a world of mothering and religion and school like quite obviously trapped in that and chasing after one another because one another is the only thing that matters where the men are lost in their own freedom to come and go. And they're lost in being able to choose between staying and giving up because one of them wants to never give up and find his wife. And the other wants him to just leave and give up. And like, they're just sparring with one another and they're sparring um, with one another with like logic and facts and procedure. There's Mm -hmm. nothing to do with like, child-rearing or religion or education. And none of those things come into play in the men's brightly lit safe world Mm -hmm. where these women are in in this world that is constantly under threat and where they're pursued and lost.
0: The environment themselves is what's dangerous to these women. Sean Bean's character is dealing with authority and bureaucracy. These types of uh, uh, elements can't be ignored. And also interesting that the decision of the filmmakers – to switch the 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 male lead of the video games to a female character. Yeah. In the first Silent Hill it would be technically Sean Bean's character, it's a father looking yeah. for his child as opposed to the uh, now it's a mother looking for a child. And I don't know if that's something that might be a a, a western thing where they think well it's more palatable and more understandable a mother would be looking for her daughter. So oh I see it. I'd love to have uh Dr. Amy's take on that. Dr. Like Dr. Totally Vosper here. Doctor
1: Vosper. Yeah.
0: Me too. I'm surprised she's like she should have a, a podcast that's just called Doctor Horror and then people and she could just like talk about all this kind of stuff.
1: I would love
0: that. I would I would freaking subscribe. I'd yeah. be a Patreon.
1: Well, you can also, like, you know, I, I wouldn't mind her having uh, a guest spot here and there on the faculty of horror. Yeah. If I could ever make, like, Wave Magic podcast wand yeah, to make just, shit happen. Just
0: make that thing happen, move a mountain. You know what? That'd be an easy sell. Are you kidding mm-hmm. me? It's like, do you guys want a fucking PhD in horror, of uh, uh, feminism and horror on your show? <laughs> the answer is yes.
1: Yeah, because they basically do cover that same sort of thing in, in sociology, and they both mm-hmm. – um, neither of them, I think, majored in film, but um, mm-hmm. they they definitely could have. Mm-hmm. And it would be just like a, a neat marriage there. I think that they actually covered Silent Hill. I'm going to have to go and listen to back episodes of Faculty of Horror and Double well, that's check.
0: always a good time. But guess what? Now that Roda Mitchell is in this school, the environment is going to attack her yet again. Mm-hmm. And this is perhaps – the most dangerous time. This is where we see a weird thing happen. Because just before the world changes, there's new enemies in this place. Not supernatural. These are people.
1: No, and they uh, might even be under the same threat she is, although they're a threat to her. Because these are the, the miners. Like The very first horrible thing she encountered was what looked to be an eviscerated dead miner strapped up with barbed wire to a fence. mm mm-hmm. And that's what these guys look like. Mm -hmm. And there's, what, six of them at least.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they are chasing her. She doesn't know who they are, but she ain't sticking around to find out. But this place changes. The ash, everything peels away. And this Mm -hmm. is where we're bombarded by this horde, this wriggling horde of insects beetles giant beetles yeah
1: like huge scarabs and at a a first glance you would think they're rats because of the way that they're swarming Mm. and the speed with which they move and the Mm -hmm. way that they're moving and what they're doing but it is like icky beetles
0: Mm -hmm. and these things seem to herald pyramid head
1: Mm -hmm. he's almost born from them it's amazing he has a very very fun introduction
0: Oh yeah, these teeming masses swarming around this giant thing. If you guys are not familiar, what uh, what Pyramid Head is, and I know some people listening might not know, uh, he is he is a pure man. Pure sex. He is pure sex. He's a very <laughs> tall, muscular man. He wears a, an apron like a butcher's apron and meat skirt, meat skirt, <laughs> and with, with not, not anything else. And the character design of his helmet is just this bizarre pyramid but not don't think of it in terms of the pyramids of giza it's
1: like the man in the iron mask kind yeah, of thing kind of elongated thing. almost like a plague doctor's yeah um snout yeah thing of, yeah of that's a mask. good yeah very plague similar song. yeah yeah very similar but also a very angular oversized and and yeah. i'm kind of joking with him being like pure sex because he is absolutely not sexy he's very very terrifying yeah like like leatherface he's like yeah. leatherface with a giant fucking Metal
0: mm-hmm. mask
1: head thing on him.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's this weird thing. I remember uh, l- listening to a documentary that I think is on the the sequel Silent Hill. Uh, was it Revelations yeah. or some shit like that? Um, and and uh, the the their idea of of pyramid head representing this masculine, super hyper masculine threat that that is manifested by Silent Hill, and he is like this gatekeeper, this guard. The uh, the the you know the champion of this darkness is Pyramid Head, um, and this thing he is like holding a fucking like what looks to be like the pieces of a person I don't know looks like a torso he is holding it with one hand by he's dragging what what can you call it it's like a butcher knife three times the size of him it's huge
1: yeah it's like something out of diablo like the first one oh yeah it's a, it's the great knife and the great knife is about the size of my couch
0: it um, is just fuck. i've dragged
1: the great knife around like one of the like foam core 30 yeah, pound yeah, yeah, ones yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're fun it's fun to wield a knife that big it's probably crazy fun to be mr campanella and wielding the great knife mm-hmm. uh oh my god it is such a weapon um, yeah, it's just this huge Martha Stewart every day chef's knife
0: hmm basically, but writ large, it's huge mm-hmm. and by the way, cut through steel doors like they're made of tin foil, yeah, mm-hmm. and we know this because uh uh Rhoda mitchell rose's character or uh, rose, the character is um just at her wits end, she is running for her fucking life like, away from this thing. She has seen it. These beetles have enveloped the humans that were chasing her earlier. They, Yeah,
1: getting- the miners. Because the miners have a canary, an actual canary in an actual little cage. And it is acting like the canary in the coal mine. Because right before the klaxon goes off, the bird starts freaking out. They try to get out of there, but they don't make it in time. Mm-hmm. So it proves to us that like as much as they're a threat to her and they're mm-hmm. trying to get at her for whatever reason and maybe to kill her, like they seem like they want to kill her um there's much bigger threats that are you know after them as well mm-hmm. uh she's being reunited with our pal bennett
0: mm-hmm. bennett is just fucking kicking ass and taking names she's she helps uh rose up now rose is still handcuffed like i can't emphasize yes, all that of enough. this you know? she's still handcuffed and so it would be so scary and so debilitating to be handcuffed in this environment.
1: I prefer this over so many other films with uh, female characters that are running from enemies with a handicap. Usually the handicap is they have no shoes on, they Mm -hmm. have no shirt on, they're in a towel or whatever. Mm -hmm. But her handicap is that she's fucking handcuffed. And then you almost forget that she's made it this far being Mm -hmm. fucking handcuffed, Mm -hmm. luckily Bennett uncuffs her because she might be all business but she knows what her priorities are
0: yeah it's like you, you can't fight in a burning house you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like yeah so they have to work together to get out of it. she doesn't know what's going on but she is definitely starting to believe because she is in this world there is these crazy beetles everywhere and oh shit rose says he's coming mm-hmm. and this fucking knife just, like I said, goes through this steel door like nothing.
1: The sounds of the great knife dragging on metal are ten times more terrifying than the Klaxon has been. Mm. And I like the only other film with such horrible sounds in it that really do still to this day sort of terrify me is the horn sound in the cell, which sounds mm. kind of lame to a lot of people. Not um, to me. Yeah, I, love I love that, love movie. that fucking movie. Yeah. Um but those sounds really stuck with me. So every time I hear like a Tibetan horn, I think mm-hmm. of the cell and I think, oh, shit, we're trapped mm-hmm. in some lunatic's mind. Yeah. Um, but these metal on metal sounds more so than Freddy Krueger's glove on metal. Oh, yeah. And for those of you who missed it, we did just do like Dream Warriors and part one mm-hmm. as a commentary track for our Halloween episode. So it's very fresh in my mind. Mm-hmm. That beautiful sound. Mm-hmm. The klaxon is terrifying now this great knife on metal and the metal of this great knife stabbing through the door mm-hmm. is heart-wrenchingly terrifying mm-hmm. you want to talk spine tingling
0: mm-hmm.
1: this yeah severs
0: your spine the the thing that is crazy is how the the pyramid head as a concept as a character is this myriad of contradictions he has this very thin yet muscular body he's very tall but kind of lanky he has this oversized, misshapen, pyramid, m- metallic head. We don't know what's under that. You cannot discern a facial feature of any kind on mm-hmm. this thing. This weapon seems impossibly oversized. It seems heavy, and we know it's heavy because of this thing is clearly powerful. The it's-
1: sound of it dragging, the and then dragging. he drags it behind him. That's the freakiest, freakiest part. And like you said, fully contradictory. Mm-hmm. What does he do with it after? He's dragging it around because it's way too heavy. But mm-hmm. he fucking wields it like a scalpel.
0: Wields it like a scalpel. And we and this thing, if you were doubting how strong Pyramid Head is and how sharp this fucking thing is, it's going to go through this door like tinfoil and slice up a steel door. And he's going to whip it around. And and it, it, there's no place to go. This knife almost uh, completely covers the entire circumference of the room.
1: Sort of like you trying to get a piece of toast crust out of a toaster with a butter knife. Yeah. That's <laughs> what he's doing with mm-hmm. it. Um but yeah, he has figured out like the door is obviously barricaded somehow so he reaches his arm through mm-hmm. there and he's trying to reach at them, which is a very like Michael Myers oh, yeah. sort of feel to this scene and I la- I enjoy it very
0: very mm-hmm. much. And then you get the the sense of the size, the the his the length of his arm can almost reach them by itself, right? Mm-hmm. Let alone the fact that this knife is even bigger than that. But Bennett shoots him. With Bennett it. shoots him. And we can see that it hurts him. He does cry out in pain. It's this deep, bellowing, type thing. You know that, yeah, that hurt him, but I don't think for a fucking second that's going to stop him. Oh, no, not
1: Not at
0: all. And, and then he pulls himself out and then just sort of looks skyward. They're in an enclosed space, but he looks up to the ceiling as if sensing it's all over. And then of sure enough, the beetles that are pouring into this hole that Pyramid Head has made and filling the room up, they all die and they turn to ash and Pyramid- just disintegrate up. Disintegrate up, just like blowing away unnaturally in the wind.
1: Now and what is the relative safety of the foggy limbo of yeah. Silent Hill? They encounter Anna. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love it when our sage characters are simple-minded. That's my absolute <laughs> favorite. It's almost like the banjo kid in Deliverance.
0: Oh yeah, it is yeah. kind of like the banjo kid. We have we are encountering this character, and she's a scavenger. She is looking for canned food. They're in a ho. They are going to a hotel, and all of a sudden, this is them trying to get more clues—clues clues about where Sharon might be. That is the mission.
1: Because that was what was in the mouth of the man in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. You know? a,
0: a hotel key. So this has to mean something and they're they're putting their heads together and they find a letter in room 111. Rose immediately says we need to go to room 111. That room seems to be non-existent, but with a little bit of sleuthing behind a depiction of someone being burned at uh, over a pyre, um there's the door behind there
1: which is kind of like very video gamey again you know oh, follow the sure. cool clues find the hidden door mm-hmm. jump from one precarious ledge to another yeah. precarious ledge yeah. uh, and also very nightmarish because I've definitely had many like stairs are missing you need to jump through a hole in the wall to get from here to there oh sure and like, it's so very silent Hill. it's like
0: when you get to this thing hit X and then you can jump over it and yeah. stuff like that now when Rose does that she drops her knife that she had acquired earlier
1: wah, wah. Wah, wah. yeah she steals from Anna, yeah, which I, I think is a fun scene where she's mm-hmm. kind of telling Anna how it is.
0: Yeah, she's like, I'm taking this, I need this, mm-hmm. I'm gonna put it in my boot.
1: It's a nice juxtaposition as well because the last knife we encountered was 800 pounds and about 20 feet long, so well, mm-hmm. it's not quite that big, but it's pretty fucking big. The great knife, and she's got this little like Martha Stewart every day carving mm-hmm. knife.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh <What the> fuck. <laughs> I don't know what she thinks she's going to do with that, but it's better than your fists, I guess. I'd rather have that than nothing.
1: Well, if you're playing a good survival horror game, you're just kind of picking up whatever the fuck, a stick, a twig, a brick, whatever. They yeah. all work as weapons. Yeah,
0: it's so like baseball bat, fine, whatever. Broken baseball bat. Broken baseball bat, yeah. yeah. You can stab with it.
1: And the upgrade for crowbar. Oh, my God, a oh crowbar. My God, crowbar.
0: Oh, my God, got that crowbar. It's like, okay, good. Yeah. All right, this looks like it'll hurt more. Now, this, this next uh, sequence, I like how... You're getting into this place in which Rose and Bennett jump and and it's like Bennett jumps like super athletic, like boom, just like fucking jumps over. No freaking problem. Mm -hmm. Rose jumps with like help from Bennett, like an assisting and that's it. And then all of a sudden just like comes Anna, just like jumps over. (laughs) Like she does
1: this every day, like a little mountain goat.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like almost falls forward, but she's fine. And this woman seems very erratic, very simple minded. Very religious. There is... She is speaking as a zealot about some nondescript faith. It doesn't seem to be Christianity, but we don't know what it is. Might as well be. I mean... It might as well be Christianity, like, for all I care, and, and for the service to the story. As I was saying, the and, and we'll get into it, because uh, there is people still around. and Anna's proof of this, and we've also met a mysterious... Swamp Witch Lady. Yeah,
1: like Dahlia. Like and so far this is two people we've <laughs> met though. I mean, which isn't totally untoward in the video games. You meet like a mailman or like a dude or a cop. Like, there's, always a cop or... Yeah, there's always a cop. Yeah, there's
0: always a cop. Wait, what's going on here? I was following a call and here I am.
1: Our voice, or you see someone in the distance. Like that's obviously yeah. a someone and not a fucking ash baby or a venom spitting larva ghoul.
0: Yeah. And then they always gotta split up. Yeah. It's like, hey, the radio towers are gone. Let's go to a, a, It's like, I got to go to the radio tower. And when I hook out that, I'll be able to give you instructions through the radio. And so you always have like a voice in your ear. Like, shh, hey, shh. it's like, see if you can get into this room. You're going to have to maybe find a key. Like, I always love like those video game instructions and stuff like that. Where I'm like, thanks, fucking Basil Exposition. Like, you have way too much information for me. Pretty much. Pretty yeah. Much.
1: But like, Rose does the bad thing and just sort of takes off. Chasing after her daughter again.
0: Yeah. This strange... Little girl who's wearing a weird school uniform, almost looks like a, a, a Wednesday Adams dress if it was blue, mm-hmm. and with that with that collar. I don't know. There's a name for that, but I just don't know really what it is. But um, and she's like, they burn me, and she extends her arms. One of my favorite shots in thing. This little girl expanding her arms. This girl looks like Sharon except gothed out, and and then she bursts into flames.
1: <laughs> it's like. Tricked you. Haha, this is our funny Silent Hill tricks. Mm -hmm. We didn't quite turn into the other world, but we have other world elements in your foggy limbo. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
1: like a hallucination of what a girl that looks like your daughter that isn't your daughter that is Alyssa that burned to death.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Poof, it's gone. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, would they get an indication that there is a religion? There are some mysterious religious symbols on all the buildings and we see one made of iron Mm -hmm. and there's some ghost girl. And this is where... Rose realizes that this is not Sharon. Are you Alyssa?
1: hmm When she relays all of this to Bennett and Anna, Anna's like, oh, we don't see that name. So yeah. that's right away a clue that they
0: know all about
1: fucking Alyssa. So yeah, she's, yeah. she's gonna like, get some backstory.
0: Voldemort, but like uh I and then and then uh, not to ignore, by the way, our Sean Bean adventure. Oh, can't forget about Sean Bean because like the, the world of like fact
1: and stability and reality does mm-hmm. intrude on our nice Silent Hill story from time to time.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I, I do feel like when I'm the least interested it's when we go back to that, which is a shame. I love Sean Bean. Uh, I think he's great in the sequel. Um, I think that um, there are elements to the story that I like and if this was, again, just the story, I would have been fine with it but I am finding the things in Silent Hill much more interesting and and as I was saying before when you have uh rose learning things in a non-traditional way she is going the supernatural route to gain expository knowledge sean bean is going the factual dusty bifocals looking through uh water damaged papers Mm -hmm. um each of them getting pieces of the story Together, the truth, the, which is interesting though, is neither one will get the whole story, but we as the audience, because of the two different methods, will get the full story. Yeah. And, and then they'll use flashbacks of things that will, uh, things that would make more sense to us. Oh, because we, we met this nurse character in Sean Bean's story and now Roda Mitchell's story. I n- understand more what's going on, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And so you're doing these. Of, we're doing this stuff of Sean Bean, like breaking into the Hall of Records after they're closed and then going to an orphanage to, because we have found adoption records. Now, these adoption records are 30 years old. This little girl, this image of this Alyssa is, looks identical to Sharon, but we know now that Sharon is an adopted child. Mm-hmm. We believe, or at least Sean Bean believes at this point, that well, this must be Sharon's biological mother. So let's go to the orphanage in which she was adopted, which is, by the way, is right over there.
1: Yeah, (laughs) handily, very handily. But if they all kind of live in the area, like they lived less than an evening's drive from Silent Hill.
0: So Mm it all mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it makes sense since that was the orphanage, I'm assuming, that they got Sharon. It
1: is, yeah. Yeah. Because when they have a flashback to that, because they flashback heavily from here on in. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm, Yeah. Unfortunately.
1: But... It works as a storytelling device, and there is a lot of like this jumping back and forth from thirty years to nowadays, right, and to when they first adopted Sharon. Um, But it is an interesting string of events Mm -hmm. having to do with this orphanage, Mm -hmm. and that the orphanage isn't in Silent Hill proper. Yeah, it seems to be on the outskirts.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, well, especially this would have happened. Well, we'll learn that a lot of this is taking place after the event. The event. The event in Silent Hill. Now, this is where Bennett and Rose will encounter the churchgoers proper, because that air raid fires again. And Anna is now going to pull them to this church. For some reason, this is a sanctuary. And out of the fucking mist are all of these people.
1: Yeah, which it's you know, this is probably where fans of the video game would just...
0: I, I yeah,
1: give up, right? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, because whatever, it's a totally different story. Um, but there are a lot more people than you would a, think. A lot, like, in I'm Silent Hill,
0: like 60 50 60 people,
1: fifty or sixty people, all dressed sort of like a, someone out of a sword and sandal extra. Really, they're all in <laughs> all, like gray.
0: It's like, all Oblivion, right? Yeah, they're they're, all like the townsfolk in Oblivion.
1: They are exactly like town folk in Oblivion. <laughs> And it's, you know, it doesn't sit really well because you're like, where have they fucking been all this time? But mm-hmm. hiding, obviously, because yeah. uh, they seem to understand what a great threat this is when the other world descends. You're mm-hmm. safer indoors. You're much safer in the church compared to the other indoor scenes we've seen while mm-hmm. the other world is taking over. And here comes our pal Pyramid Head.
0: Holy shit. You want to talk about one of the most fucking buck wild deaths that you could have ever seen. And I love this. I love this scene so much. This is what, this is the scene that sticks with me and sticks with a lot of people who have seen this film about poor Anna getting hoisted up. Her, her clothes first pulled off. And you think to yourself, oh God, what's he doing to her? And then grabs her chest, twists and pulls her skin off like he is peeling. A grape. I don't know. A grape
1: or a tomato. If you take a frozen tomato and plunge it into boiling hot water, you can basically do that exact same move. And then fling it, the the fucking bloody corpse skin, against the door of the church. And then everyone gets sprayed within his blood. And they're all like, I love that. That's how I make tomatoes.
0: And it really is as though Pyramid Head is just like, fuck you. Going to your fucking church that I can't get into. Going to take your stupid friend here peel her skin off and throw it at you yeah because he can't enter the church but he can certainly throw this flayed woman's skin at you
1: (laughs) it must have been what he was doing moments before when the first time we met him yeah he still had like remnants in his hand what what a what a fun guy so as much as pyramid head is our friend who is not our friend is christabel I cannot stand this woman. Um, I like the actress, though, whose name eludes me, but she played Lady Jessica in Children of Dune, if anyone watched that show. Mm -hmm. Um, Impeccably acted this leader of this group of fucking religious zealots.
0: Yeah. You can feel the menace Mm. off of this woman. She walking surrounded. She's the only one. Who looks distinct? She's wearing this royal blue dress. She looks very pious, very poised. She's the only one that's clean. Yeah, there's that Monty Python—the only one not covered in shit.
1: Oh, okay. I don't, I don't know Monty Python fan, uh, except for the spam bit because I think it's funny. But like, some people are even still
0: covered in Anna's blood, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. But
1: yeah, she doesn't seem really phased by all of
0: this. No, and this cult. Is after these two women because Anna was someone's daughter and they th- believe that they brought the evil there. And this woman coming in seems pretty reasonable at first. It's like, listen, Anna left, she broke our rule, she went scavenging alone. You're not supposed to do that. It's not these people's fault that she left. It's her own fault that she left. So instantaneously, you, you think to yourself, oh. That's reasonable. Uh, that's pretty reasonable. All right. This person doesn't seem to be necessarily a bad person.
1: Unless you're already engaged with people like this and can recognize fucking religious brainwashing a mile away. Mm-hmm. And, and in that case, you're instantly terrified of this fucking lunatic yeah. like I am.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a person that is, shall we say, quite uh cautious mm-hmm. around people who are very religious. I, I find them creepy. Terrifying. <laughs> I find them very creepy. And yeah. listen, this is a person I've grew up in uh, not a religious household, like but but like a very religious family members and we definitely had to go through the motions mostly for appearances. Um but uh I, I think that um this type of antagonist for me I like because I instantly am against them just because they're religious of, and I don't even care what the religion is. I just don't like it. And, and so, um, but first it seems like we'll help you find your daughter. Absolutely. And this is very video gamey. She's got a map. We got to go to the hospital and they're going to give you the information that you require. Alyssa is this. It's a, it's a demon. The demon itself is this, this sort of abstract concept of darkness and demons and this. This evil, which is a great a good explanation for what Silent Hill is, uh, than anything, right? And so they gotta take her to the hospital. And then me and you game fans are thinking, the hospital, we know it's there. Oh my god. And that was a big portion of the first game, too, going to the hospital. And um uh, and, and so we're there, and so Bennett and Rose are there, and the demon is there. If you want to encounter the demon, fine. Now Christabel will say that is is probably helping in a sense and she gives this away. I don't expect you if you want to go down there, we'll show you how to get down there. We'll try to help you the best we can by showing you the way. But we don't expect you to leave that place. You're going to die down there. So I think it's 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 almost like, yeah, fine. They they don't know these people. They don't want to risk themselves for these people and even if they thought suspiciously maybe we might have to kill these people because who knows why well that problem's going to fucking take care of itself ain't it yeah all they have to do is go down to you want to go to the pit where the the epicenter of this evil is be my guest,
1: and and quite like literally the l- bottom floor of any hospital is not where you want to be because that's typically where the morgue is. Yeah. So it just you know, it just it just strikes those chords, mm-hmm. um, in the viewer in in real re- reality, right? Mm-hmm. And while they're having it out here, uh, the guys are still at the orphanage in real yeah. life. Uh, Sean Bean Adventures, you're calling? Yeah, them? the Sean
0: Bean Adventures.
1: <laughs> but yeah, Chris and the cop are. Talking about the original adoption mm-hmm. and talking about what actually went on in Silent Hill 30 years ago in this fire. So we're getting some inadvertent backstory, which makes what's going on in the hospital right now 10 times more menacing. Mm-hmm. Because we know that they're up to no good. We know that there's a bigger story that mm-hmm. they, they're they not being told.
0: Mm-hmm. Especially since both the, the, the head nun of this orphanage and the cop are acting like they're covering something up major. Yeah. And what could that possibly be? There's some inconsistencies that we're not exactly sure about because we know Sharon was adopted. We know Alyssa looks exactly like her. But there's a 30-year gap between... Which makes it impossible. which, which, Which makes it not possible, especially since Alyssa is being depicted as a child, which indicates to us that if this is the ghost... Of Alyssa, she died when she was a girl. Mm-hmm. So where did the baby come from? Nine years ago? That's how old Sharon is supposedly supposed to be. So how does that make any sense? So there's... The- Even if little Alyssa was impregnated
1: by the rapist janitor, yeah, there's no way she would have had a child to full term because they didn't let her live that long, Yeah, um, exactly. according to what we know so far. And that baby wouldn't have been delivered properly and allowed to live. Mm-hmm. Not with these fucking kooks on your hands.
0: No, no, exactly. Mm-hmm. If, if you thought someone was a witch and, and evil, then anything that they bore yeah. would be And it's still bad.
1: 30 years ago. So exactly. So it makes no sense. not on a timeline at this time.
0: Yeah, well, there's a there's a big missing piece. But we'll get to that. Because Christabel realizes that in the struggle with the cultists – uh, Rose's pendant got torn away from her. This is the photo that she's been showing people. And she said, oh, forgive me. We've been scavengers so long that, you know, I just took it without even thinking. And she genuinely hadn't looked at it. And so when she looked at it, and then the the picture flips, and she sees that her daughter looks exactly like Alyssa, she instantly throws up the horns. <laughs>
1: Which uh, makes me laugh every time. Because I'm like, well, how fucking Bible Belt 1950s? Can you get?
0: Yeah, right. And it yeah. is that, and like she, she is a witch. She's a witch, and her daughter looks like the devil, Alyssa, and so. Now we don't... See, in my head, I was like, still let her go down there, I guess. Like, you thought she was going to die.
1: Yeah, she could have just zipped her lip and been like, well, I guess I'll see you later, witch. And I've mm-hmm. l- led you to your death, so it's all good, mm-hmm. you know. But instead, they start a big fight in front of the fucking elevator shaft. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, Bennett, our friend Bennett, yeah. needs to ward off. And it fucking clubs one of these guys to death, which oh, yeah. I think like, is kind of awesome. I think his
0: fucking blood just goes everywhere. And mm-hmm. she... Fights them off, takes the, a lot of them down, but you know, not down for the count. Maybe I guarantee she killed one of them, but like the others were still alive. But she kind of just looks back with like that cool, like army strong arm and, and just like pulls the pipe up and like the doors close. And now Rose is by herself. And Which Bennett
1: broke my heart the first time I saw it because I wanted them to be a duo so bad and oh I hated God. that they were separated. And I really saw Bennett's death coming. I thought that she'd be done for
0: right there because there's still like four guys
1: alive Mm -hmm. in this crazy Christabel girl
0: they beat her down and then Christabel gives the nod and then they just like pummel her and you kind of assume oh yeah they just beat her to death that's
1: what you figure because you know it's sort of reverse police brutality going on right there the way that they're clubbing at her Mm -hmm. then she did just club one of their friends to death herself so it's kind of fair but you assume that she's being clubbed to death right Mm -hmm. there Mm -hmm. and we have our friend Rose Mm-hmm. Going into the most nightmarish nightmare pit of the nightmare pits.
0: Yeah. Descending. And it's a nice shot of her descending down while Bennett is basically fighting for her life up there yeah. and loses.
1: It's, it's It's a very terrifying uh, hell trip in this mm-hmm. elevator into this nightmare fucking morgue level of a fucking hospital. And she's trying to remember the map. And I mean, how many times in video games I'm like, I don't know, I'm not going to remember the map unless it's super easy. I'm like, you know, her map sounds kind of easy. It's like right, right, left, left, right, right, something like that. Yeah, it's like
0: Konami code, probably.
1: No, that would be up, down. Yeah, up, down, up, with. down,
0: yeah, yeah, Left, right, left, right. ABA select start.
1: Maybe there is BA select start, sorry. <laughs> um, we'd have to go and watch that little route again, because she does hit a B and
0: <laughs> How an A. How badass would that be if yeah. the, if her, her directions were or the Konami, Konami code. code?
1: It would be kind of badass at the time. Now, it would just, like many people who were looking forward to Silent Hills
0: mm-hmm. aren't
1: very happy
0: with They're the not happy with Konami, no, no, but no. um That would be kind of cool if it was I, I think But it, would it be had two
1: cool. different like it had two lefts and two rights. It wasn't yeah. left, right, left right. If it was left, right, left right then my brain probably would be like, oh because I know the end of that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. It was close. Close. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it again just for that, just to see <laughs> if it is a Konami code. Which would make so much sense if it was um, but yeah, so she's like weaving her way through this crazy sanatorium. You can't have an abandoned sanatorium level without a creepy wheelchair. So there's a creepy wheelchair, <laughs> you know, you got what you came for.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do a lot of really cool shots with a lot of the abandoned debris that are in the very start of the movie when she's first walking through Silent Hill. There's this, uh shot of the camera going through a stroller where there's a hole in the stroller and she's framed in the center of it. Fucking yeah. so it's so gorgeous.
1: It is also gorgeous.
0: Um, This is where we have another one of my favorite sequences. and I know a lot of favorite, uh, a lot of people's favorite sequence of this film is we're encountering the second most iconic And to a lot of people, kind of the whole shebang and what they love so much about this series, Mm -hmm. the nurses.
1: And when you come to cosplaying, these are some of the simplest, most effective cosplay, even a shitty nurse. I love it. I even love a shitty nurse. Mm -hmm. A really good nurse I double love. Mm -hmm. When there's like four nurses in a fucking pyramid head together, Mm -hmm. then usually that means I'm at Zombie Walk and my pal John Wenzel is there taking photos of them. And I've actually purchased photos of people cosplaying as what I call sick nurses. I don't know Mm -hmm. what other people call them. But the nurses from Silent Hill and I'd purchased one about a year ago, a little over a little less than a year ago for Chris because it was so fucking cool looking. And they had cosplayed these nurses so well. And mm-hmm. John's photography is just impeccable for this sort of thing because he picks up textures and lighting very, very well. Um Some of my favorite characters as well. Mm-hmm. And this particular scene, I love not only just the look of it, but. You know, it's got, they've all got this very 50s look to them from their high heels, the length of their skirts, the weird little cutesy noises that the nurses make mm-hmm. is one of my favorite things. And that's something that cosplayers miss out a lot on. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they're grunting, making zombie noises, they're moving way too much. And mm-hmm. here I'm critiquing cosplayers. So listen close, girls. <laughs> uh, and boys, I've never seen a boy cosplay as a nurse. I've Me either, as a matter of cool. fact. So you gotta pay attention to the noises that these nurses make. You really, really it's need like cutesy, to dial that in.
0: Betty Boop type noises that they make—they
1: you know? are cutesy Betty Boop, and almost like they're getting stuck by a needle. That's what I'm envisioning. Mm-hmm. Like these are the sounds that all these women would make—very different little sounds if they were getting like just jabbed by a needle. Some of them are armed, not all of them, I don't think, but like they have like knives and scalpels.
0: They have scalpels. They have crowbars. They have just implements that they could pick up anywhere. Um, in the games. These things are super dangerous in the hospital. you you're kind of best bet, especially if you don't have any really good weapons is just get the fuck away from them. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's
1: usually not this many. well there there are scenes with this many of them, but to encounter this many right away mm-hmm. is doubly scary to someone who has played a game.
0: Oh yeah, especially when they she shines a light on them and this is the the this is what I love so much about these nurse characters is it is essentially like some kind of weird booby trap that you're springing. And when they all in unison turn to her, you instantly think, holy fuck, what are they doing? What are they doing? What are they doing? What are they doing? And then they all start to shamble, you know, Kayako style towards her while she's shining the light on them. And then she turns the light off and they freeze. It Perfect. Is, well, I figured it out. Yeah, you figured it out. And they seem to be attracted by light and motion. Mm-hmm. And so they're almost like this weird alarm system. And they seem to be there blocking this hallway that she needs to go down. So they are this security force basically protecting Alyssa, we assume. Yeah,
1: they're a little terracotta army.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And her, this scene is so wonderfully tense. I love her trying to get around these women who have formed this disgusting yet vaguely sexy human barrier. And then they fucking get activated and one of them just starts slicing. And these Silent Hill nurses are getting slashed across the throat and blood's just pouring everywhere. And it is a wonderful scene. And then she leaves a light down on the ground and then they all just gather around it. It's so cool.
1: There's a really similar short, not really similar in that there's only one of these people, and there's certainly no nurse in A Night of Horror, Volume One. Um, that reminded me a lot of these Silent Hill nurses. It's super fucking terrifying. And super terrifying, whether it's in a video game or a movie, just these these beings that are humanoid are probably dead, yet are still moving and triggered by the noise and triggered by light and motion and behaving so much more like a nocturnal creature or like an eel or something like i i don't know how to explain exactly why they're so creepy Mm -hmm. but yeah once they start unloading on one another it's probably the goriest scene in the whole film Mm
0: -hmm. well and we did see a woman get all of her skin pulled off
1: yeah but it happens so fast
0: it does happen really fast. There's something else coming towards the end of this picture too, that's pretty gory, I think. So far, the nurses, I think, have been the same. So far. Scene. And and I just like how it shows them being so fucking dangerous and just so fucking cool. But that's when we get to the Demon's lair. It's not what you'd expect, because you get an instant shine of light.
1: Yeah. Um and and like a few seconds after this like exposition scene. This little speech scene which is straight out of like portal or something or like bioshock it's mm-hmm. like such a little backstory told by a little girl of all things of course it's told by a little girl mm-hmm. um it's like yeah, not exactly what you would expect from the demon's lair because it's like mm-hmm. a
0: quiet hospital
1: room with a weeping nurse in it. A weeping That's nurse like.
0: that never shows you her face. Yeah. And this nurse is distinct from the other nurses we've just encountered. Those nurses are a brownish gray scale. This one seems to be of a bright red sweater and she seems normal, except she's not looking at us. And we know enough about Silent Hill that if somebody's not looking at you. There's probably something wrong with her face.
1: Yeah, probably if she has a face at all. If she has a face at all.
0: Um, This is where we learn the story of Alyssa. This scene to me is, I wouldn't say the weakest thing because I do like to get the full story. I think that a little bit of the acting required of our young actress, she has done the best that she possibly could. But the delivery of the lines seem weak and, and I think, I think it, it was asking a bit, this dialogue was a little bit more challenging that to make sound convincing, authentic, spur of the moment, not mm. rehearsed. And I don't, and a lot of it would have been done in ADR because you don't need to have, uh, presence because it's narration over scenes that are not related yeah it's just it's tough it's tough for anybody to make that good i've never really heard anyone complain about it but every time i watch that scene and we get to this part i'm always just thinking eh.
1: you're having a slight cringe and a baby eye roll that's
0: all yeah, and, yeah. And it
1: happened to me from the first time i see it to this time i've seen it like it's always not nice. just gonna sit uncomfortable with me probably because we're exploring avenues in our mind unbidden That they could have handled this another way. I Mm -hmm. wanted to hear this from Dahlia. I liked Mm -hmm. her as a swamp witch mom. Mm -hmm. And I wanted more swamp witch mom.
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: And less kid. But, and she is, this actress does better and better as Alyssa than Mm -hmm. she did in the beginning Mm -hmm. as Sharon, for sure. I found her really annoying as Sharon, especially with like, oh, mommy, I don't like this. Mommy, I don't want this. Yeah. Crappy kid. Um, but as Alyssa, she does a lot. She's a lot more powerful of a little actress, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but doing this voiceover, no, you're right.
0: It, it, it's, it's just not very strong. Now, listen, some some of it is the actual script, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I think that, it, it, I was like, woof, I, I wouldn't want the burden of trying to make this sing. And it's not like I hate the story idea, and it's basically this. Alyssa was a young girl 30 years ago who's, Mother, who happens to be the swamp witch Mm -hmm. and uh, Christabel's sister, uh, was ostracized and isolated for being accused as a witch. And because mostly because they didn't know where the father came from, this child seemed to be born from nothing and no one. Or Dahlia is simply not exposing who the father might be. Now, what ends up happening is what you could probably imagine a religious belief that likes to solve a lot of things with fire would burn somebody alive to purify them this is what this this is what happened to Alyssa she was burned not to death almost to death that it was stopped by I'm thinking the police officer's father because it was 30 years ago this guy doesn't look to be much more than 40 40 something so he probably was like a kid when all this happened people but, but and What remains of Alyssa is this burnt child in incredible pain, and that pain manifested into hatred, and that hatred
1: leads to the dark
0: side. Leads to the dark side, and she became a beacon of this dark entity, this immortal concept of evil,
1: and this like this attracted an even bigger. Uh, element of darkness mm-hmm. in whatever legion it mm-hmm. is that is has taken over her body entirely mm-hmm. or granted her the avenue to mm-hmm. retribution mm-hmm. Um, because she, it's not entirely 100% all Alyssa. There is another entity in there mm-hmm. that greets her, that hangs out with her when mm-hmm. she's in the height of pain
0: mm-hmm. in the
1: hospital.
0: Just this charred black body. Mm-hmm. And and that's where our, our, our nurse watcher comes from, just by virtue of the fact that she got curious and looked and was punished by that. And so when you have this dark entity speaking to Alyssa, getting her in on this idea of revenge and anchoring her to this world, because it seems very obvious to me that the darkness that is Silent Hill, the true gate into this hell dimension and our world is Alyssa's still living, horribly scarred body that is kept alive in the bowels of this hospital?
1: What goodness that was left in her was ferried out mm-hmm. of Silent Hill entirely mm-hmm. in the form of a baby, mm-hmm. and that sort of like embodied all of the goodness that would have been left in Alyssa. Mm-hmm. So you know, if you're saying like the the baby would have been so young for thirty years to have passed, it's even it's a, it's a totally like. Miraculous baby, in that it didn't have a mother or a father. Yeah, it just seemed all.
0: to be it seemed to be born of whatever, like you said, goodness was uh, uh, Alyssa again. That word choice, I'm just like, Woof. Mm-hmm. but anyway, um, I was like, I don't know, guys. The thesaurus, you, you got other words for that that sounds less cheesy to me. But anyway, that's not, that's fucking pick, nitpicking something. It's that, really the
1: weakest point of the entire film.
0: Yeah, really, it, like, it,
1: this it, portion and these this story. Yeah. So Relayed the, by a little girl who probably, as an actress, couldn't be like, eh, "I wouldn't say that." Yeah, you're six or like whatever, you're twelve. Mm-hmm. It's
0: yeah, it's a lot of line reading, right? It's just yeah. say say this and say it like this, and she does. Um, I think that like what helps is that she's done up very cool. I like I like the look of the character, so I, I say, yeah, all right, this gets a pass, only because I think she looks cool. But it's funny because when I watch this film with other people, no one complains about that. That seems to be something that only you and I are. Uh, Maybe because
1: we have higher hopes for this and we have higher hopes for this girl and we have higher hopes for this very pivotal moment where we Mm -hmm. would be pouring every ounce of Mm -hmm. our creative juices. It would be oozing with creativity where this kind of falls flat.
0: Yeah, it, it definitely seems like, well, we need a reason because there's a method to Alyssa's madness. Why call Sharon back? Why do any of this? Because this seems to be if the idea was to take all that was good in you Somehow form life out of that and then ferry it away. You would do that so that the the body of Alyssa, the true body of Alyssa, would have no goodness left in her. She would be a beacon of anger, hatred, and revenge. Therefore, the perfect way to keep Silent Hill from being able to continuously try to break into this world. That is the goal of whatever this dark entity, the little girl Alyssa, would want, so why bring it back? You do that because the survivors of Silent Hill that are openly resisting this darkness and who are responsible for Alyssa's current condition evade them constantly because their blind faith keeps them safe within the church. She needs a Trojan horse.
1: She needs a Trojan horse. And if you're going to get all biblical, it's going to be like King David. You send him out into the reeds, right? So Mm -hmm. that he can be safe and saved and come back and lead your people and then let them go. And then, you know, Mm -hmm. we have Jews.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, uh, in, in a way. Now, this is when she is going to enter Rose. And and at this point, I would just assume, yeah, she probably gets a free pass to get through all those nurses again. No one's going to attack her. We get to see uh, Alyssa's a, a bed nurse who's got like her fucking face just carved. Yeah,
1: this night nurse with the the, the crying. I mean, that's what she gets for looking in on a, a little girl not out of out of you know, caring or sympathy. She looked at her out of freakish curiosity. Yeah, it's like she's a
0: sideshow freak. Yeah,
1: so that's what you get, bleeding eyes forever and ever, amen.
0: Just weeping. Super creepy, I love it. Yeah. Um, And this is where we're back to the church. Now, gang, let me tell you something about Bennett. She's not dead. Uh, she very soon will be. Yeah,
1: we, you kind of probably. she probably wishes she was. I mean, she's not having a good time. She's strapped up to this ladder, and they've got this giant pyre. And your first thought is, like, didn't you guys learn? What happened the last time you had a giant fucking brazier full of coal? Now you're going to have a, a fucking bonfire in the middle of the floor. Mm-hmm. Good job, Silent Hill. God. <laughs> so they've got, like, these ladders strapped up. One of them's empty for the moment. The other one has our pal Bennett strapped to it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And what they're going to do is get these, these fires going. And they don't like to just burn people. They're not like lash you do a steak types.
0: No, They're the slow roasting types. Yeah, it's fucking weird. Mm-hmm. I think about this burning scene and there's this film that came out a few years after this called Doomsday. That's this apocalyptic type thing. And, and there's uh, entire parties of cannibals and they burn people alive at a like a fucking rave. And then pass their burnt corpse around as fucking food. I'm like, how do you eat it like that? I was like, I was like this seems unnecessarily cruel.
1: Like, it I, does. Because, I mean, at a pig roast, it's very similar to have an animal on a spit. But the pig is long dead, cured, yeah. hung, and ready to roast. Not still screaming. Yeah. And it's going to make the meat gamey. But they're not going to eat it. So Yeah, like, they're, they're not, not going to eat this that, yeah,
0: so. And they just slow cook her over there. And she... Uh, meanwhile, she's just like trying to scream for her life and say, you guys are crazy or listen to a crazy person. I
1: think she, she even cries for her mother at the she, very
0: end. She does cry for her mother. Yes, um, I would. Yeah, it's super sad. Um... And then she sort of like shakes and like it bursts into fucking flames and shit like that while She's
1: done fairly well. Yeah.
0: And this is by the way where we they we know that these cultists have Sharon now. They know Sharon is here, they know what she looks like, and she has a sneaking suspicion that if this looks like Alyssa, oh I know someone in town that might harbor a girl that looks like Alyssa. Yeah. Alyssa's mother. Yeah. Swamp with yourself.
1: So they've got Bennett, the crispy cop now, quite dead. <laughs> Up on a stick, on this ladder, Mm -hmm. um, just surveying the scene.
0: Yeah, there's no way that room... She's still
1: smoking. Well, that's the thing. There's no
0: way that room doesn't fucking reek burnt people.
1: Porkish, kind of.
0: It's the hair, though.
1: Well, it goes up pretty quick.
0: Yeah, I guess.
1: It gets replaced very quickly by the smell of singeing fat. But... um, Yeah, and poor Sharon is just screaming and cowering and being held and about to be strapped to another ladder Mm -hmm. by these horrible people. Mm. Um, There's not much her mother can do about it. Mm. It's a very picturesque scene, too. Mm. It's like something straight out of the Black Death or Pit in the Pendulum or one of those where you've got the villagers Mm -hmm. um, crying and screaming and trying to not have somebody burn at the stake. It's done very picturesque like that Mm -hmm. with the villagers from Oblivion. That's exactly what they look like. (laughs) That'll never erase all <laughs> from my head now, uh, so it is very picturesque, and we have Rose comes, yeah, to tell them all what's what.
0: Yeah, basically, she is there armed with the truth. The truth is what Alyssa wants them to know. The people, because uh, uh, Christabel essentially lied to them. This whole religious, this whole thing is a lie, and. They're all already dead. That's my favorite,
1: like, mic drop. Mm-hmm. But it's not the mic drop. It's the beginning of what yeah. she has to say. It's, it's just
0: like they live in this weird purgatory. You're you're all essentially dead. No one – you like, you don't even know it. And your bodies are only here in a vague sense. I mean, you're here. You're alive here. But you're not really anywhere. You're in this ghostly dimension of Silent Hill. Which isn't even the real Silent Hill. Like there's an actual Silent Hill that people can walk through and draw dicks on, and you're just like fucking wandering around there, and no one knows that you're there. And she basically, this is the scene where I I was like, oh, I I love how when a Bennett is trying to like scream reason to them, and they're all just shouting, they're all just shouting and laughing and being cultists,
1: like like yeah, man, cackling,
0: yeah, cackling zealots, and when. Rose comes in and starts preaching, saying that, you know, Christabel is the one with sin, and you just burn everything that is a threat to you, you, and and you won't listen to anything but her, and you're a liar, and you're full of sin, and you can't do shit. They're all quiet. They all listen to her. But then, of course, Christabel just says, well, she just starts doing her, her. burn her, the reticate and then everyone just sort of chimes in. because
1: Burn everyone! Burn! You burn them, burn him, burn me. No, no, wait, don't, don't burn me. Burn her. <laughs> burn her. Burn in, in... her. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry. The smoke gets in your eyes. <laughs> but she's like, yeah, burn, burn everything you're afraid of. Burn anything you can't control. And she's still like, burn it all. Mm-hmm. Burn the witch. It's like, that's all the Christabella has to and, say.
0: And then to shut up Rose, she just stabs her right quick. And I love this reaction that Christabel has where she stabs Rose and then drops the knife, looking at everyone in this moment of, oh, they all saw me murder someone. Yeah. And I, I was like, Christabel, you guys have murdered a lot of people. And by the way, you're the only people here. And then she's like, you all saw it. She made me do that. I was like, And I was like, I guess it is not inconceivable that if you frame murder... As a purification ritual of burning someone alive, that's not murder, that is saving them, that is religiously saving them, whereas this stabbing someone in the chest is just pure murder. Now, Rose starts bleeding profusely and this blood comes the power of Alyssa. That Trojan horse has been activated. Which I love very much.
1: We get to see one drop and we know something's afoot. Because mm-hmm. it's got that really creepy black ashy mm-hmm. spready thing that blood actually doesn't do. But then she starts gushing blood anime oh. style. Like almost a <laughs> geyser of puke blood outside of this hole in her heart.
0: Mm-hmm. Which
1: a second ago it had her floored entirely. But now she's up and just gushing.
0: geysering yeah. black blood. The, the, as the wound heals, the the the... The floor ashes away and a fiery pit of hell is created. And from its epicenter rises Alyssa in this fucking bed with all of these crazy, what would you call it, like barbed yeah, wire? Yeah, and it's like
1: bar- snakes of barbed wire that are, are levitating this hospital bed straight mm-hmm. from hell. Uh, very beautiful scene.
0: Oh, my God. This scene is so crazy to me because I always... Forget how much I love it until mm. I see it. This idea of this barbed wire wrapping around it. Listen, if you want your antagonist to have a satisfying death, you watch him get fucked by barbed wire.
1: This is this rivals the tree rape in Evil Dead. This by far. It blows
0: it out of the water
1: because yeah, it's it's made very clear without being exploitative. This barbed wire hoists Cristobal up into the air, and holds her spread eagle and then many of the tendrils make their way up her vagina quite
0: violently oh my god like the blood just starts pouring down
1: and not only does the blood begin pouring down uh, little Alyssa starts sort of dancing around in the rain oh that's god. falling from the vagina and chest because this barbed wire hasn't just gone up; it's gone up and out, mm-hmm. chest burster style. So it's like feeding quite a column now. It's built up oh through this god. woman's vagina, um, probably about like it's just under a foot in girth.
0: So mm-hmm. it's it's
1: gutting her horrifically. Oh my
0: god! And. And and her dying words are like, "Oh God, let me stay pure."
1: And I thought it would be Jesus
0: wept because she gets <laughs> torn apart. She gets she gets uh, torn in half lengthwise. Yeah, and then yeah, and then you have little girl gothed out Alyssa just like skipping around as this blood rains down from her. I was just like, this is fucking great.
1: Yeah, it is fucking great. And that's not the last we see of our little vibe wire pals, because they come and crush a couple people.
0: Oh my God. Is, um beautiful uh, stuff. The the actor that played Pyramid Head, who's the, who's yeah, the gaunt Mr. sidekick Confinella. of all this type of shit, he gets basically just like sawed, like mincemeated into just like oblivion. Roda Mitchell stabs the, another dude in the fucking throat, and uh, she has this idea, it's like, wow, I actually just killed the person. But then uh, I like that Alyssa kills the one next to her, and she yeah. kind of like gives like a knowing look at, at 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 um Rose, saying like, "Don't worry, I I've got this." And like- those
1: are the parts I think that within all of this carnage, because it is straight up carnage at this point, people are being turned into mincemeat. Mm-hmm. Um, these a couple glances from the little girl on the hospital bed mm-hmm. are just so calm and so like this is the look that they're going for in the film Martyrs. Mm-hmm. They're looking for this just divine calm center mm-hmm. that is reigning over all of this fucking insanity. Mm-hmm. And it is like, they do good when they pull the camera back and show just the grand scale of everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. It's quite lovely. And then zooming in to Dahlia walking through all of this oh muck God. and her feet squelching on bits of meat and blood and bone. I oh,
0: yeah, like barefooted walking through gore while on either side of framing the shot Two people writhing in agony as barbed wire shreds them alive. Like Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. it is a beautiful scene. It is wrought with symbolism, and and uh, and she's she's safe. The the barbed wires are not uh, attacking her whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And in that moment where Rose finally gets her daughter down, cuts her free, hides in a corner. Alyssa goes to her. And and I love that shot of like close your eyes, keep your eyes closed, like it's the fucking Ark of the Covenant. It's like don't look at it, and and then when uh, Sharon opens her eyes, she just sees Alyssa just sort of like like an alien looming like, in, like looming like, in at her, looking yeah. at her, and then this girl passes out, and then we're back. And and it's uh, everything's fine. Al- Alyssa, OG Alyssa, the actual physical body of her is gone. There's no barbed wire. There's no fucking people. They've all been turned into hamburger. Yeah.
1: There's no nothing. And you almost tracked, the It's daylight, and it's safe. And they've woken up from this mm-hmm. nightmare quite finally. Mm-hmm. And
0: Dalia's there.
1: Yeah, but she's fine too. She's, she's- wondering why she's fine.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she and uh, Rose repeats the line to that uh, Bennett said to her. That all uh, was it. All mothers are gods in the eyes of their child, or something. Mother
1: like that? is god in the eyes of a child, and it is in stark opposition. Again, with the juxtaposition in this film, we just saw a child in the eyes of a mother being nothing but an absolute demon. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, slash fortunately, because it spelled the end of this crazy religious cult, and we can all rejoice in freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, Sort of, because it's still foggy limbo, isn't it?
0: It is foggy limbo, but they get into the car. Uh, uh, Sharon jumps into the back, goes to lie down, and um, they drive. They drive. They pass Bennett's bike. It's a poignant reminder that that person that helped her so much is now dead, brutally killed. And the they
1: drive over where the highway had fallen off into the It's a leap of faith. Limbo. Be-
0: it is faith. She kept driving. Mm-hmm. and And what you think as a whole, it forms into the road. and she gets out. It's a little weird, though, that weird iridescent, white like glow bloom effect is still mm-hmm. on everything, even though ash is no longer falling from the sky. And there's mm-hmm. no people anywhere to speak of.
1: so she makes a phone call because she can now. And Mm -hmm. calls her husband Chris and says, "Hello, Christopher. We are on our way home. We'll see you soon. Do you need anything at the store? No, didn't think so.
0: Okay, bye." Yeah, he's fucking like shouting into his like fucking ham radio. He, uh, by the way, just just to cap off Sean Bean's adventures, what ended up happening was after the orphanage, after he got the information that he needed, the, the the raw facts of what happened, the cops, the cop basically let him go, and he said, "You have a choice." It's like, you can just fucking leave right now. Get in your car and drive away. And sure enough, he does somewhat reluctantly.
1: Yeah, he's basically forced out of town. And that's where the like, the male influence on the story really does end. That's why we didn't really mention it. Because yeah. he's he's alluded to here and there. But there's not any big scenes where there's any more of the story developed.
0: Mm-hmm. With- no, now he's just back at his postmodern house. where Because like Sean Bean is, if you don't know is just like generic businessman. Like, probably I don't know. an architect. Yeah, he's probably an architect, right? Yeah. They're all just architects. And he's just showering, you know. he. And I was just like, I guess that's what you do. You go home and you shower and you just, the phone rings and, you, and it's your wife and they're bringing their kid back. So he waits, he waits, he falls asleep on the couch waiting. And they come up to the house and they open up the house and then they walk towards where he's sleeping on the couch and they sit down and Sharon goes off into another room and, you have Rose sitting there l- looking at the couch where Sean Bean's asleep.
1: But Sean yeah. Bean's like asleep in another dimension. Yeah,
0: he, yeah they I'm have asleep. not left the dimension of Silent Hill. They have left Silent Hill, mm-hmm. but you could assume that they're in the entire world is still they are in the, the other with the other world, with the, like an, like a, a, a far safer version of this limbo but still in this limbo Mm -hmm. and sean bean awakes thinking that he probably smells her perfume because that's what happened last time when he was in the school like he was convinced that he could smell her perfume because they were a feet away from each other but in different dimensions he wakes up with a start goes to look the front door is miraculously open but there's no one there
1: yeah very creepy ending and like we said it could just be the end of the story there there, whether there was a sequel or not is Mm moot at this point because it's wrapped up although ambiguously and with no tidy ending and everything's kind of sad it ends all wrapped up as far as the cult being abolished
0: that was the thing and and i really found the so if you guys don't know the sequel has this has like the cult is still fucking there and there's Way more shit to do, and Alyssa's not done yet, and uh, fucking Dahlia's back, and there's all this shit. And I, I just think to myself, looking at the end of this film, I was like, "Oh, it's done." Yeah. Like, what was yeah. left of this cult? Are you saying that there's this weird global cult, like fucking people that worship Cthulhu? Like, that's fine, I guess. But I just kind of felt like it was done.
1: Yeah, completely me too. So yeah, that was Silent Hill.
0: That was Silent Hill.
1: Yeah, it was wonderfully uh, enjoyable and. Hopefully, I'll be able to go and see Centralia all over again when I go visit Pennsylvania again. I hope so, anyway. Not that there was, it would be any more to see, because there isn't any more to see. But I just have an affinity with that, and it's just very interesting.
0: Sometimes, to me, even if there's not something else to see in a certain place, especially a place like that, it's the... How you feel about a place that would excite your imagination in that way, right? And that's, you know, you're a creative person. Just being in that place would excite your imagination. It would elicit thoughts. It would, it would think, Oh man, I just like being here. I feel. The creative juice is flowing. I don't know. Like, I'm not saying that I'm going to write a Silent Hill-esque story now. I'm not saying that, but... It, oh, well, it, I'm going <laughs> to. Yeah, but but I mean, first yeah. of all, I would fucking love that if you did. It's something
1: different, though, and that's the thing. Like, mm-hmm. I did get inspired when I first visited there. And since then, it's been nothing but just dating, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind another uh, visit to knock it loose. Yeah. Um, when Chris was here most recently, uh, we had a nice little Halloweeny vacation, mm-hmm. He and I. And during that, we went to Punk Inferno. And I, I urge everyone to look up Pumpkinferno online. Um, we visited that. We also recorded a podcast. So definitely tune into the last episode of Bind Torture Cast to hear us talk about Tokyo Ghoul. Mm-hmm. The live action, which was such a rare viewing. Like it was a very, very cool movie. But Pumpkin Inferno was super cool too. And it sparked a story in me immediately. So I definitely need some writing time.
0: Mm -hmm. That's really, really cool. Uh, Yeah, if you guys like this episode, you guys want to do a request yourself, you can hit me up at Deadairnipe on Twitter, or you can hit us up on spotterpictures.net, or even our SoundCloud page. I get all of your messages when you guys send them, so requests are always appreciated and encouraged. What do we got next for them?
1: Coming up next, we're going to do the Sal, because we got talking about it today.
0: That's right. We didn't have anything on the docket. And this film reminded us of The Cell in certain aspects. And we just thought we did a nice, glossy, beautifully framed horror film. And so we're going to fucking do another one. And we're going to talk about Cell, which I think is kind of criminally underrated.
1: (laughs) It is kind of criminally underrated, even though it has like the cast of Jennifer Lopez, which, Mm -hmm. of course... We had a good conversation off air about the whole J-Lo factor to mm-hmm. this film. And she is Jenny from the block and the typical J-Lo bad taste she would leave in your mouth when yeah. trying people, to frame her would... as an actress in a thriller or a crime or a horror film.
0: Mm-hmm. People would find that distracting.
1: Exactly. But it's not if you don't care, right? Yeah. So if you don't care and I never cared and who cares? I mm-hmm. never fucking cared. She's kind of cute. Whatever. <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio, though. Yeah. Very attractive individual to have in your thriller or horror film. So, <laughs> yeah. Vince Vaughn. Yeah. Bit of a wild card that way. But, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to talk about this because so many people don't like it or make fun of it. Or I think it's a guilty pleasure. Mm-hmm. I really do. Much like Silent Hill used to be where you said that as you age, people are a little more open about it being one of their favorite horror films. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. people are slowly a little more open about the cell being interesting um not only for the horse it was dissected mm-hmm. immediately <laughs> yeah. everyone seems to like that but just a lot of the film and the aspects of the film and being such a serial killer buff mm-hmm. i really enjoy the method of this guy yeah so yeah i'm yeah. looking forward to that let alone the albino husky dog <laughs> I like that too
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm
1: -hmm. So, yeah, that's what we have coming up next is a sell and uh, an open slate after that. So we're going to do some planning or fulfill some requests if anyone has any.
0: Mm -hmm. But until then, I'm Wes Knight.
1: And I'm Typical Lydia.
0: And you've been listening to Dead Air.